There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tan Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. I got that part down, guys. Uh, <laughs> this week, I've got a couple of uh, really good guys that uh, I always like and really enjoy uh, co- having on the show. Uh, we're going to cover kind of a myriad of topics tonight. And um, if you if you hear any frustration in my voice, it's because we had some major difficulties on my end uh, with Zoom. Because uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this thing. So um, without further ado, let's bring my uh, these fellas on. Uh, Chris Rowe of Rowe Hunting Resources. How's it going, brother? It's good. It, once again, I've, I've got to carry you. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I think, you here and, yeah. Chris, we did this last time. I am pretty sure you had to send me the files last time because it wasn't working on my, my side. So, uh, and uh, in the other corner over here, we got Guy Duponchier from Western Contours. How's it going, buddy? What's up, Jimbo? Good to be back, man. I, you killed our, uh, you killed our first intro, which was way better. I know shenanigans I know. were starting the, already. So the uh, the it was like the kind of wind got taken out of the cell when I started or, uh, when I started cutting out like that. It's it's just frustrating, man. I hate I hate internet stuff. I don't know how uh, to work it. It's <laughs> it's no different than some of us that are old enough to remember when you know computers first started to become like an actual tool, and we'd have to write computer yeah. or com- uh, like uh, college papers, and we'd be in Microsoft Word, and, and we'd get like two thirds of a way through a, a, a report or an essay or something like that and forget to hit save. And all of a sudden it would just crash and you'd have, oh, to, yeah. you'd have yeah. to start over again. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, shit. like all of my inspiration <laughs> now is gone. gone. The flow, the, flow, the, the yep. everything's gone. And now not only do I have to try to make the thing again, I I've got my, now my brain is split. I'm frustrated because I didn't I, I I don't have the flow that I had before. So that's peeling off a part of my brain and then the other part of my brain is trying to recreate the flow that I had while yep. I'm still trying to actually complete the it's just like no, no, no. Oh, so flow I, is yeah, gone. Flow is gone, you. bro. Yeah, the flow just leaves, man. It's like the same thing now. I'm like kind of half pissed off that it, it <laughs> cut off like that. And so now I've got to get unpissed off and start recording the show. And, uh, you know, that's that's just, I guess that's just part of it, man. See, see, I got to figure out. That's I got to figure something out. That's the beautiful part yeah. about it. You're not recording it. I am. Uh, that's true. You're oh, recording. So you just, so, so you just need to talk. Oh, I just talk. Oh, I just, all, I just, yeah. all you got to do is stop using a fucking phone all the time and start using Zoom and you'll work all the kinks out. But you no, always I, quit I, on I, it see, so I, fast. I, have, I don't quit on it. Dude, I tried it for like six months and all it did was give me an ass ache the entire six months. <laughs> and see, here I am for, giving it a second shot. See, this is the thing is you're, you're up there in the middle of nowhere. What, <laughs> am I looking at you in your camper still? Yes, you are. 
Right, yes, you so, are the broken so town is that, studio. Is the house, how's the house coming? Well, we're about, looks like we're still about six, well, no, four months or so before they start. All we're waiting for now is snow to clear. And then, um, and then we're going to, we're going to have this place set up and, and, and get the, get the home here. So, so, so uh, is your family when you're doing this? Are they well, like, under the, the, uh, are they like under the bunk bed back there? Just like, yeah, no, not the bunk, but there's not a lot of room in the bunk bed. So I actually lock them in the bathroom behind me <laughs> and, um, <laughs> No, this is a separate, this is a totally separate trailer. All right. Well, good, uh, th- good, good. This is my little 20 foot hunting trailer. And it did go out this season, by the way. I had to take all my recording shit out, hook it up to the tractor to, cause I, cause the way I have it like jig, jigsawed between these trees on the property, I can't just hook a truck up and move it. I, I have to use the tractor to really maneuver it in. And even then, sometimes I still smack into a tree and, you know, whatever. So, so we've got a fifth wheel that, that we actually live in. And, uh, and then we have a wall tent with like a living room set up in it. And then I built this, uh, like outdoor kitchen space that's fully enclosed and fully heated. So that's like another room that, that, that is there. So, I, you know, we're like expanding. We've got, I, I look like a old Western town here with the uh, multiple trailers and the, and the old outbuildings, you know, I've built all over the place. So nice. it's kind of cool. <laughs> nice. But nice. I, it sounds like, it sounds like we're in good shape, Chris. I, I should have a house by like, I don't know, later than July. Uh, of next year um as long as as long as everything works out so well the 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 thing that you were talking about earlier is how much snow are you guys getting oh tons yeah it's like it's i remember so last year you know i was blown away because we had we had like you know five feet or so at one point and this was like two weeks into january um, but we didn't start getting snow until almost Christmas Eve last year, uh, with the exception of a couple little skiffs here and there. Well, we have had over a foot on the ground for about a month and we're up to over three feet now. And I'm totally out of uh, places to push this snow. And my driveway is an absolute nightmare. Um, and I need to buy one of those snow plow attachments for my tractor. Because I, my, my whole idea of just pushing it and then back scraping the driveway and all that kind of stuff Ooh. is great for light snow. But this heavy shit, man, it, it is not going to work. If it keeps snowing like this for another month, we're going to be like stuck up here. And so I've got to, I've got to just bite the bullet and buy one of those, uh, snowblower attachments because I've got nowhere else to push it. Socks. Throw it in a dump it. trailer and bring it down here. Yeah, bring it down. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send you some. You guys need the moisture. Is it, is it still pretty dry there, Chris? zero really like like yeah so the 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 weather the winter storm warning we just got uh with we had a skiff of rain we got about a tenth of an inch oh no of of moisture out of it but that was given how dry it is and how dusty it is that was just enough to kind of get things to the the dust to settle on the surface yeah. As soon as you drive over it, it just breaks it up again, and it's got, yeah. Again. So we we got nothing. It's we've Dang. got so the, and there's no the long term forecasts are much of the same. I I don't think we're going to see any turnaround until you know they at this point they're not uh, forecasting any sort of change through spring. Yeah, that's too bad, man. You know yeah, that it's it, if I if I could load up snow and load up turkeys, I would hook you up oh, and, and drive them down because. We've got more turkeys than we know what to do with and more snow than we know what to do with. And I know that's two things that you guys have been struggling with in Kansas. Yeah, no, it, it, at least at least where we are. And and that's one thing that I, I will absolutely tell you is just enjoy it while you have it. 
because you never know. Um, no one, I mean, we're sitting at a, at a 50 year drought now, knocking on the door of a hundred year drought and, you know, just watching, just watching the, the landowners out here and what's going on in the landscape. Just, <clears throat> I mean, with our habitat is just shit. I mean, and, and I you can't, know, I, I can't blame the landowners. I mean, they're just trying to survive. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, wildlife habitat, who gives a shit? I got to figure yeah. out how to pay the banknote. I've got to figure out how to pay my taxes. I got to figure out how to put food on the table and keep my, my cattle alive because I've had to sell off half the herd, but I can't sell off anymore. Otherwise, I just don't have any income, but I've got to figure out how to keep these, these guys alive. So we're going to just hay everything that we can hay. And we're going to put cattle in every creek bottom, river bottom, waste ground area that ever, all the places where they never wanted to put cattle before because it was a pain in the ass, where yeah. all the wildlife lived. Yeah, no, they, they've been down. I mean, hell, we've had, we've got places where it used to be awesome cover and awesome wildlife habitat. And the, the whole reason why we had deer and turkeys and everything, pheasant and quail, we've had, we've got cattle that have been in there now 12 months 18 months we're going on two and a half years wow this now and it's just so like on a on like a if you if you back it up on like this overarching macro level kind of thing is this is this something that kansas experiences or is there enough data enough history there to to know if this is like a normal cycle (laughs) no it's well like i said it's a 50 year if not a 100 year drought 50 Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just we're in that La Nina cycle, and when we're in a La Nina cycle, it gets sporadic on what because we get our moisture a lot in the spring, and then a lot in the summer and fall, and then we'll have a little bit of, of winter. Um, but we are really dependent on that summer moisture, the monsoon flow. But yeah. you know, in a La Nina type cycle, we don't get in this little pocket now. You can talk about like if you look at the um, uh, the drought forecast, you'll see this just massive, just burgundy red across from us all the way down into Oklahoma and and some of the other you know Texas and some of the areas. The rain and the moisture has hit Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and the mountains. And you guys, you guys are getting a phenomenal flow. Yeah. And then it just it just stops. By the time it hits eastern Colorado, it stops, goes right up and over top of us, doesn't drop a drop an ounce, and then you get about 30 minutes east of here, and then it just boom picks up and here we go again. Now there's still wow. people that there's still people that are in drought that way. So one of the rifle hunters I just got done with, he's from Minnesota. And even he said, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're in a drought cycle. And I'm like, and I just kind of smile. I'm like, how much rain have you gotten so far this year? He's like, oh, I, I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe 28 inches or something like that. And I just kind of smile. I'm like, our normal years are 18 to 22 inches, maybe 20 yeah. inches. Of yep, yep. So your drought, year, what you're sitting there and he goes, he, he just kind of nods. He's like, yeah, our corn is still 10 feet tall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you still got a <laughs> You yeah. still got a harvest. Yeah, but the harvest was a little bit low. I'm like, yeah, I've got half my, one of my landowners, he's got half of his acres that he didn't run a combine through because there's nothing in it. Wow. There's, there's nothing yeah, to harvest. So don't, don't spend the money on diesel. Just at least leave the stubble to hopefully catch if we, if we get lucky and get a snowstorm, maybe it'll catch some of that snow and doesn't blow off. 
Guy, what about you? Is that is the snowpack you've got now? Is that is that normal or are you guys up down? Fuck if I know, bro. I'm this is my first real winter. <laughs> did, how it's how like, long? As far as I'm concerned, long, it's up. <laughs> how long did it? How long did it take you to realize that uh, Birkenstocks suck in the snow? I don't know. I'm still waiting on you to send me a loaner pair, you fucker. <laughs> They're in the mail. They're in the mail. <laughs> they are not in the well, mail. He decided to keep them for himself because he yeah, got bedazzled ones for you, and he just couldn't let them go. He liked them too much. I've got my bedazzled Western Contours Birkenstocks, and I tell you what. I tell you, they are stylish, man. I look good Dude, on my tractor was, in them. It was funnier than shit. Where was I? We were somewhere over the weekend. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember where we went. And it was me and the wife. And I look over and there's this dude standing there. And, oh, we had we had to drive the junction, go Christmas shopping. And I look over. This dude has white plastic Birkenstocks, a tie-dye shirt, <laughs> and these, like, skinny jeans sweatpants on. And I looked over there and I just started cracking up. And I was like, I got to get this picture for Huntsman. <laughs> but his old lady would never kind of turn away. So I couldn't sneak the picture in. And my wife's elbow on me like, you motherfucker, you better not do it. <laughs> oh, that would have been great, man. Well, before we, I, there, you, uh, you guys have both mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to kind of cover on this show. But, um, before we kick off too far, I want to, I want to, First, send a heartfelt thank you, guys, because there's there's a couple of dates that I want to mention. I, I got to pull up my phone because I can't remember the. Well, one of the dates is November sixteenth, and the other one is September eighteenth. Those two dates stick out in my mind because, uh, pers- uh, respectively, those are the last two uh, dates that you guys have released episodes on your show, <laughs> and. When when the when the first stringers walk away, the bench warmers get a play, and my downloads have gone through the roof since you guys have been slacking off. So I appreciate that. No, I, I think I think your downloads are going up just because you're out there grinding it and doing the yeah, work, buddy. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's been it's been good. I I actually I have a hard time keeping up with episodes in the during hunting season, obviously, but I I definitely slacked off. I had like I had like three episodes uh, recorded that uh, burned in the in the infamous now truck fire that I had. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. I I want to I want to start real quick. We don't need, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but um, uh, Chris, let's start with you. How, how did elk season turn out? Because I haven't heard anything since then. Yeah, I know. I I gotta I gotta get back in into it. So elk season was tough. Um, I'm gonna talk more about that at the Denver International Sportsman's Expo coming up here in January. Uh, every year I end up giving a couple seminars there um, at the ISE show. That's what I'm gonna talk about this year because it was a, it was a tough year for a lot of people in Colorado. It was either feast or famine. Um, really. Yeah, you either you either had a great season or you couldn't buy an elk. And there's some I, I cannot be because of how the agreement is with ISC. I can't talk about the details because they don't want me to talk about gotcha. that a month before or a month after. But regardless, um, it it was tough. Now I I drew a limited license and I burned six points on a unit that did not necessarily take six points. Um, it's a unit I've always wanted to hunt. It's always been in the back of my mind to, you know, I've always been interested in it. Um, I decided to burn those points this year and I've always been a opening week type of guy. I'm like, I, I want to be out there opening day. Now, granted, you got to keep in mind, Colorado changed their season structure a few years back to where 
in the past, opening weekend was the last Saturday of August. Of August, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now it just starts on a hard September. What September one, September second, or whatever. Second, like that. I second. think. Yeah. So that automatically puts you at Labor Day weekend, and then mm. by default, muzzleloader starts the very next weekend. And so, not only where I was, not only was the Labor Day weekend traffic just insane, but the number of people that hunters and just, you know, recreationists on the out, out enjoying that, you know, the Labor Day weekend, the last, yeah, the, the last camping weekend, yeah, right? the, you know, last hurrah was insane. But then, you know, right about the time Monday, you know, everybody vacates out Sunday, maybe Monday, Tuesday, you kind of get a somewhat quiet day. And then all of a sudden Wednesday, here come the guys rolling in uh, for muzzleloader camp. And just the sheer number of people that were out there in, you know, getting ready for muzzleloader, <clears throat> that first week was brutal. Now, I, I hunted, now I had a couple friends that hunted uh, with, not with me, but during, in the same unit, at the same time I was, we decided to divide and conquer. I would go check one area, they would go check another area. We came back and powwowed and it took them five days to get on even any semblance of an elk. Um, they were able to call a couple of them in, uh, had a, just a missed opportunity, which sucks. And then their hunt had to end. I had, I finally called in one bowl, decided to pass on him, but it was to the point where that first week I was like, no way I am not going to waste my time in this unit with this. You couldn't, it didn't matter what time of day, what time of night, where you went. You couldn't, you couldn't buy a bugle. You couldn't oh, find wow. an elk that even wanted to even play or move. I mean, like sitting glassing, it just, it just was like the entire unit was void of animals. So I bailed after the first week of season, I bailed, I'm like, screw this. No way. So I left as the muzzleloader season started to pick up, you know, right the day before muzzleloader season, I came back to uh, to Kansas Immediately went in and took care of a couple clients, um, food plot, you know, just do some habitat stuff. Try, try, because it was brutally dry. dry. Super dry. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I'm planting about 50 plus acres of food plots for myself and others. I think this year I did eight and five of it was for friends of mine that have some ground in Nebraska. They had a little bit more moisture than I did. I tried to plant one of my plots and as soon as i got done with that i'm like nope we're done because there's just nothing there's no moisture to grow it so i came back and spent two roughly i don't know give or take you know 10 days two weeks wrap that up and then i went back to go out after that last you know week to 10 days of you know i'm losing exact days but basically the last week to 10 days of season Went in and went back to some of the areas that I wanted to hunt. Couldn't buy an elk. Um, talked to some guys there, some folks there that had hunted it for the past 25 years. And even they were coming to my camp going, I don't, you know, hey, you know, like literally they don't know me from Adam. Like he had yeah, no yeah. clue who I was. He's like, like, are you hearing or seeing anything? I'm like, brother, no. And so. <laughs> It wasn't until, you know, I know that, that, 
that desperation in that. Oh no, that, no every, you know, everybody, you know what I mean? everybody, everybody was in the same boat. There's, there's like the difference between the lazy road hunter. Who's like, well, are you seeing anything, you know, versus yep. are you actually seeing like, like what is going on? Yeah. You know, like you can tell a difference. Yeah. This guy actually lived up there and, and had been there and hunted it for the past 25 years. And I mean, he'd cover every ounce of that, you know, of, of the terrain that he could. It was it was just brutally tough, brutally tough. Yeah. And it wasn't until I talked to, a, uh, I had numerous friends that had hunted that unit and gave me all sorts of information. But it wasn't until I finally talked to, I, I got a hold of another friend of mine and he's like, well, this is, it, it, I've hunted there. And, and if I was going to hunt here, this is the the little honey hole that I, I like. And he goes, go check that out. And man, he say he saved my hunt because I didn't even, I started getting in there and, I didn't even get to where he told me to go and and we got on two different herd bulls and then I spent the lat that last week just playing with those two different herd bulls and um mm. had I just a lot of fun uh as I look back on it I can say it was fun yeah um but it was one, it was frustrating one of the most, in the time oh my gosh I I got on this mm. so we were hunting two different herd bulls so Danny a buddy by Danny Simonson went with me we were on two different herd bulls for those that seven days. Um, got on one herd bull seven different times inside sixty yards, and and at the at the moment, at the moment where something was going to die, Mother Nature said no, and and oh, no. literally I joked with him and and somebody else that was going to be like the title of my next you know, like if I if I do a I need to get my butt in the I got to do my podcast. Um, to to go over elk season, that's just what it's going to be. Is is the title? Yeah. Mother Nature said no. I mean, literally, Mother Nature said no. Like, <laughs> Mother Nature said no to the point where on September thirtieth, the last day of season, <clears throat> um, I had to get some. I had to get some paperwork done on the thirtieth. It had to be submitted by the thirtieth, and I hadn't even done it yet. Like, oh geez. So I had to kit. I had to kill my hunt on the 29th. The morning of the 29th, I get on the exact same herd bull that I wanted again. This time, it's not the one herd bull. Both, both target herd bulls are in the same spot, converging. I'm in the middle. Here we go. My guy's 60 yeah. yards. He, my guy's 60 yards in front of me with his cows on the other side. This herd bull's cows are swinging around, going to the other herd bull, herd bull, and he's coming up this little draw. He's headed right at me. I'm like, I'm just going to shut up because these guys are coming. And at some point, holy hell, here we go. And I'm, I'm just, yeah. I've got my camera. I've got my camera on the guy that I want. I'm waiting. Wind turns around. The wind's blowing in my face. <clears throat> at the moment where my bull decides he's going to start coming out, the wind turns. Boom. Blows right at it. Blows him. Oh, dang. Okay? Blows him in the cow. This is the seventh time that this has happened on this bull. That, that's and, what I was going to ask you, Chris, is how you, you said this is you'd been on this this same bowl or the same two bowls multiple times and you were able to get back on them. I, I, I want to dig into that maybe in the spring with you as to how. Because what what I, I, I was on bulls all the time the, this last September it was a great September for me. Um, and, and before I sauce that one right before the truck fire, it, the, what, what happened is when I would bust a bull out with the exception of the stupid little four point raghorn that was, uh, you know, he, he was a Democrat. So he just kept coming back. But the, the other ones, they, they would not 
once once I boogied them out, if they if they winded me or if they saw me, I never saw these bulls again. So I'm super curious how you did that, yeah. but we don't have to talk about that now. That again, right. that's a that's a whole other topic right there, and it's a great one. But the but but yeah, it, so the wind would blow me out, blew him out. Mm-hmm. I'm like you. See, I mean, at this point, you know, Danny could tell my face. I'm like you. I mean, words and phrases, just words and phrases. All I it was just coming out of my mouth. I'm like, you've got to be blankety blank blank, and I'm like, screw it. Yeah, yeah. I, who cares? He's coming up. So I uh, all I did is I reached out, I grabbed the handle, the the camera, I turned to where he's coming up. The wind is blowing at my bowl. I turn the camera, the wind switches 90. Whoop, oh, right at the other bowl. Dang. Who blows him I hate out. That. I'm yeah. like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I, I just sat there, just dumbfounded him. And then so he blows out, goes across the valley, up the other side. So he's now he's lost a bunch of his cows. My guy's just blown up the freaking mountain. <clears throat> I'm standing there just slack jawed, like looking at Danny. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you freaking kidding me right now? How come you he, weren't he wearing shut- your dead down wind? Dude, it didn't matter, Matt. It didn't matter. <laughs> I shut the I shut the camera off. I'm like, we need to figure out. I, I knew where that the the second bull went, and he was going into a place where I was like I, I can't really follow him right now, but we yeah. can put a pin on it. I said, I want to go after this other bull. I turn and go up the other hill. For the next two hours, while I looked for my other bull, the wind never blew Blue. in yeah. the same direction that blew me out. The Ugh. wind turned and went back to being consistent. And I, I got up to where I, I parked the truck and because this was a spot where I could, and this is the only way that it, it, it was where you had to be mobile. Um, and you had to just get creative in how you come in on these different places. I got back up to the ridge where I I parked the truck and I got up on top and I just sat there and I went, it was like noon. And I was like, I can take a hint. I'm, I'm content. I, I, yeah. I got to play the game and it was not meant to be. I, I was yeah. not, it, I mean, at that seven times on the same damn freaking big ass herd bull inside 60 yards. Man. Nope. Twice with the other herd bull, same thing. Nope. Now, don't get me wrong. We, we did, I did call in other bulls. I, I passed on a couple really nice, you know, Danny was losing his ever loving mind. He's like, what? <laughs> like, dude, he's a, you got a two and a half, three and a half year old bull here we've got that guy over there like what like how no yeah i'm, I'm not gonna no i'm not it's gonna, tough and i didn't it, it, and that's, that's a tough deal is, i mean i i've been blessed to where <clears throat> um in the past out here at least you know I, I we've got tons of meat in the freezer i i don't need to kill anything there's absolutely zero need to kill anything and i don't i do not need another set of antlers on the wall just I don't need the Instagram grip and grin to be relevant. You know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was just like, I've got the footage. We we called them in. We let them go. We had fun. The whole point was I wanted to go after that upper tier, you know, 340 plus kind of bull. Um, yeah. And it, and, it, yeah. and it, was, it just it seven times, seven times on one bull yeah, on another. At, I'm like, I got the hint. 
we need to dig we need to dig into that how how you did that seven times because uh, again not right now let's let's yeah, do that on, a, on yeah. another i'd have jumped off the nearest cliff bro <laughs> uh, i know right like was, like it's funny i was not it's in a funny good you mindset. say that i'll bet i wouldn't be either man and and it's just interesting to hear you know everybody's different perspective and perception as to how like your season plays out and what you choose to do like i don't pass on bulls uh, Chris, I, I do need another set of antlers on the wall and right. I do want that freezer more full, right. but I, I will tell you, um, and I, I actually part of it, I had, you know, I had uh, some row hunting re- resources voice kind of in my head here. Uh, I did actually pass on a little bull this year. Um, nice, and, right and it's the first time I've ever done it. And the only reason that thing, uh, survived is the fact that because I had him dead to right, I mean, he's 18 yards broadside looking at me like j- just a big dumb dumb, you know? Yeah. But the only reason is, uh, and I don't even know if I've told this story on the podcast, but I had, I had another bull that was, uh, you know how you could tell when, when they're bugling. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, but you can just kind of tell that that bull that's a little further off is quite a bit bigger and he's quite a bit smarter. And, um, I, so I passed on this little guy. And I actually ended up calling in that bigger one and moved in on him. And that's the one where I, I, I posted the footage of, of me shooting that arrow and it, it deflects off those little teeny branches and goes right over this bull's back. And so, but I was happy with that. I was, right. I was actually content. Right. You know, I, if, so, if I would have, if it would have been like a miss, like I, I did something wrong, which I did, I didn't notice a branch, you know, I didn't notice yeah. a series of branches, but I'm glad you qualified same, it because I was about to get your ass. Oh man, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I didn't see it. I just, I was, I was, I get pretty excited. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I get target panic, but I do get pretty amped up and I was super excited. I, because it was a whole process, you know, 20 minutes before this, I had been standing there uh, with, with my bow drawn about to kill this little raghorn. And I, I had the discipline for once in my life to not kill the little one. And, and, uh, that discipline's, that, that discipline is gone, by the way. If he walks in front of me tomorrow, which is last day of archery, he's fucking toast. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, going back, you know, it was this process and I worked it up and I got this bigger bull to come in and, and, and ping arrow deflects off this little teeny branch. And, and, uh, you know, I, I was, now, I was super happy tell, about the whole day. I was going to say, but tell me that it's not just viscerally, just viscerally satisfying. Yeah. Oh, it, I, I mean, I, mean, I, I seriously, that, I sat down, bummed. I, yeah, you're I sat down and cooked yeah, but... one of those peak refuels and replayed the whole thing in my mind, and I had nothing but a shit-eating grin the entire. And he's still off 200 yards away bugling, and I'd answer back every once in a while or whatever. But I, I was just super happy about the whole thing. I mean, it just couldn't have played out better, with the exception of if that arrow wouldn't have deflected. Um, you know, it would have been great. But anyway, that's a rough I, video to watch. I, I will say that when you sent that to me, I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it, it is a heartache. But you know, it just it led to bigger and better things, and and then actually that led to a truck fire, and I was fucked either way. So, um, whatever. But what about you, guy? Like, what 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 do you reflect on your uh, September the most about? Man, I without riding Chris's ass too much. I mean, it was kind of the same, dude. I mean, that first weekend, um, it was. I didn't even consider Labor Day. Right. Like I'm going on the mountain. I'm like, I'm just stoked that it's elk season. And we get up there and I'm like, oh shit, it's Labor Day weekend. And the amount of recreators. Is that the first time you've hunted Labor Day? Labor Day weekend? No, no, but I never consider it. Right. And then I didn't draw anything. So I'm in an over the counter unit that I've never even, 
I walked into this thing maybe three to four weeks before season because I'm playing the leftover and I'm like, oh, you know, there's 22 left. I got this. I'm at CPW's office at four in the morning, sit there for five hours, second in line, first at the window, hit the button and reject it. And it was like, are you kidding me? I guess I'm OTC this year. And, you know, the mission was to hunt behind the house. Is, right is behind, behind the, the house, house is, is that OTC? It's, it's kind of, well, the split from the draw unit to the OTC unit is only about five miles away as a crow flies from oh, 34 gotcha. to 33 to the east. But right behind the house, literally, you know, three quarters of a mile up the street is, uh, is all, uh, 33. It's a draw. Gotcha. Unit. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's big country and the flat tops are interesting. I've never hunted that terrain. Um, it's so. It's so expansive and it's so easy for the animals to move. I mean, you're talking, what do you think, Chris? They can go 20, 30 miles in a day. No problem. I mean, it's that flat. It's that wide open. Easy, easy terrain for them. Keep in mind, they can do that in the mountains on hilly shit. So, I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get up, I mean, they call it the flat tops. I mean, now for those that aren't familiar with it, um, it's not a pool table flat. I mean, it's rolling. But right. yeah. I mean, it's this gargantuan plateau that just gets, you know, you, you go steep up out of the bottoms and then it just this massive freaking yeah. rolling landscape that, oh my gosh. Yeah. They just pick up and leave or they can just sit there and do loops around you. Like you yeah. bump them and they just circle around, get behind you. They just do loops, 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 or drop off the side, button hook around, pop back up, go around. I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah, that that's place- interesting wow. terrain. It's yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of people that like it. Holy crap, man. So, I mean, that was I I actually talked about this on Chris's last episode. I'm honored to be the last. Um, yeah, you were and- I I listened to that. I listened, I really enjoyed that episode actually. I was, I was not in a good place that I was not in a good place that day. No, man, you I, guys I, killed I, it though. That was a great episode. That was that was a rough one to see Chris on that one in the beginning. But you know, I had some good opportunities, man, and and I had, you know, I hold out. Like I have this this bull in mind every year, and uh I had a couple opportunities. One of them I sat there with this rag and I toiled with myself. And by the time I finished toiling with myself and said, ah, screw it, shoot him, the opportunity was blown. Yeah, missed um, it. The crowds were just it was just crazy. It was something that I hadn't experienced in that level. Cause I'm always, you know, I hear people going, I'm like, where the hell are you guys hunting? You know? And I was able to get away from folks. Um, but it just, it was, it was interesting, man. Then I ended up in New Mexico early October on a muzzleloader hunt. And, uh, <laughs> so we're on a private land muzzleloader hunt. Okay. So I'm, I'm a, this pretty much over the counter public land guy that always sees bulls sitting on private that I can't get to. I go on a private land hunt, dude. And, and, and this property is parceled out, right? So they have 10,400 acres and it's in these small breaks. And then the area that we were hunting, this guy started selling 20 acre plots. So like checkerboard kind of stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's a private land only tag. So we get into this rut fest dude i mean they're going off right and i got this monster of a herd bull just screaming one point he was 40 yards away no shot right and i'm like oh this is this is golden well they start boogieing up this drainage and uh we get back you know maybe three quarters of a mile we're still on him he comes never got a shot and then all of a sudden it's like oh 
we can't go anymore. That's public land that they're on. Oh, so they're no. going into that's this crazy. Little, they're going into this little basin, this public land basin that's landlocked by private. Well, so now you got all these private land hunters that are pushing them to public, and they're mm-hmm. landlocked on this little goddamn rectangle of public that we can't get to. And I'm like, this is this is some abs- I don't even know why I like elk hunting, bro. Because it was is, like that's, this that's is bullshit. That's why you like it. Situation. Yeah, yeah, it was like what in the actual. And uh, I mean, it was a great experience because I was there with Diego, and that was that was the reason for the hunt, right? But then you mm-hmm. go and you get this tag, and you're like, this don't even make sense. And I'm like, I, you know, I came back and I'm like, come on, mule deer season, because I can kill the shit out of some mule deer. <laughs> yeah, you got a nice one, man. But you got the, a, you got a stud buck this year. But those elk, man, they just they kicked my butt this year, you know. And and it was nice because you know. What, I was opposite of what Chris was saying. I talked to 12, 13 people and they're like, we haven't seen anything. And I'm in elk every day. I'm just in quiet mm-hmm. elk and I'm looking for bedded elk. Um, and I'm fighting through the situations, right? I mean, no, no vocalizations less the second day of the season. Uh, sure. and we caught a mass exodus on the second day of season. All that traffic that was up above us pushed them basically down valley. They dropped into these nasty ass drainages. And, uh, you, for me, I Those, temper it, right? Like, I'm like, look, that's from where we're at to where they're going to stop. It's eight miles in between there, right? Guy is going to go two and a half, three miles. Lucky if I go four down there, but coming out of there and it's 80 degrees those first couple of days of season. It's like, I, I want to kill an elk, but do I want to kill an elk and risk what's involved in that? Um, so we kind of tempered it. Stayed a little higher than they went, and just I never connected, man. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. It was well, interesting. It was a good learning experience, and you know it. Uh, but you said you said like you know I don't even know why elk hunt or whatever you said. Uh, but if if elk hunting was the opposite, you know if it was like if it was like uh, I don't know, trout fishing. I don't know, not trout fishing. Trout fishing could be pretty tough. No offense to trout fishermen out there. I'm a trout fisherman. Now I'm going to get a bunch of nasty emails, Chris. God damn it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? If it was if it was like wild hog hunting in Texas on the farms where they're overrun everywhere and you just kind of go sit out there and wait, it wouldn't be there. We wouldn't have all these podcasts about it. We wouldn't talk about it all the time. We wouldn't yeah, be as obsessed. When, when you go and you get your ass kicked for 20 some odd days, then go out another six and, oh, and all the yeah, private yeah. land bulls are now on public or on public land that you can't yeah, get to. You got to go. You gotta, you gotta look up and just say, "What are you doing to me?" <laughs> it's really frustrating. You, I'll it, tell you, I'll, I'll nice, tell you. Isn't it nice every now and then to have one of those elk hunts? It's kind of like the hog hunt where you just walk in and kind of is, yeah, screaming Ooh. and everything's running over, and you get to be picky, and then you 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 shoot a really good one. Uh, you, you know, it's super like irritating all the time, but it really is nice when you have those type of deals every now yeah, and then. I always, every year, I, I, and I see it on social media. Oh, yeah, I pulled up to the trailhead, and 100 yards off, there was this, you know, 300-class bugling bull that walked right up to me, and I, I sauced him. You know, there's always that story. That's never happened to me. I've never had yeah. an easy time. But what's really ir- irritating is from, like, January 1st until about August 15th, on my, my I, we've got 26 acres here. I've got elk all over my property. You know, I, I'll, we'll, we'll go walking around with the dogs and we'll bump up a bunch of bedded elk and, and I can, I can sneak in and listen to them mewing at each other. It's, it's a hoot. I love it. And I learn a lot about elk by, by having them here. 
But as soon as, you know, our, our season here opens on August 30th, Dundee. they have been abducted by aliens and, and they're nowhere to be seen. So I think, okay, well, if I don't get one in September, my tag is good for like muzzleloader in uh, November or even now I've got, I, I, I can actually, we're, we've got late archery open. So if I see a bull That's and I want to put my snowshoes on and stretch out there and try to get one with my arrow, I can shoot them. And, and so we have all these long seasons and I'm like, okay, so we're, we're good. I'll, I'll just get, I'll, even if I shoot a cow or whatever, well, I'll, I'll be fine. Cause they're all, they're always on my property. Nope. They've been gone since mid August. Haven't seen them since. So what do Jan- you do? January 1st. They're, oh, they're no, no. So season closes for elk on the 16th, which is tomorrow. Right. So you bet your ass Saturday morning, there's going to be elk all over this. Oh property. yeah. This can't Dude, I'm, your driveway. I'm literally, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at elk five days a week. Either from the house or if I'm going up valley towards Aspen or something, I'm seeing elk every single day almost. Yeah. So then to yeah. head up the mountain and go, where are you at? <laughs> it's a All trip, right. man. So, so what, what we need to do because this, every, uh, Chris Rowe has, uh, he has a, a bad habit of, of, of sidetracking, uh, important conversations to only elk when Me? I, when I'm on with him. Me? And, and I, I want to blame it on Chris, but, uh, I, I actually, you know, this is, this is technically what, what, what I've always kind of dubbed the, the hunt panel episodes that where we, we discuss the current or, or, uh, over, I don't know, big problems within the hunting space that kind of as we see it and provide solutions if we can. Not that anybody listens to us, but that's the idea of these episodes to discuss the things that most people aren't willing to discuss. And and to talk about some of the harder topics and some of the harder issues. And I see that smirk, Chris. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> it's I want to show it's your world, brother. I'm just trying had, to live in it. You I'm had a sure. hell of a summer. Look, all right. Look at you that, had Chris. a hell of a summer with you. What do you got oh, there? Yeah, that'll work. That very nice. Hell nice yeah. buck, huh? Hell yeah. I mean, another year would have been good on that. Um totally kidding. Um, but I want to, I want to kick this kind of off in, in the direction of where kind of Chris, you kind of brought it up a little bit earlier in a sense that, you know, you're not one of those guys that needs to post a grip and grin, uh, for your social media. And, uh, and I, I want to talk about that particular topic for a minute. Um, not necessarily just the grip and grin. I want to talk about this whole hunting influencer kind of um th- th- this this portrayal that that some people are have the tendency to try to get all these followers on social media and and maybe maybe sometimes it's there's there's not a lot of honesty on on some of that and i know that everybody recognizes it i, I really do i just don't think that a lot of people want to talk about it and and i think that for not that it's necessarily like this big damaging thing to hunting, but I think that there is some not negative uh, connotation that comes out of it from non-hunters that maybe see this as a way for people to take advantage of the hunting system and the conservation system and a, and, and a thing that that we do, uh, and and maybe it, it it sometimes gets taken out of context. And I don't know if I'm making much sense here, but do you do you kind of understand what I'm? Are you guys smelling what I'm stepping in with with the uh, you know premise of the conversation? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> again, it's it's one of those topics. I don't care if people get pissed off about talking about it. 
Um, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if, if people's feelings get hurt, it's it's just what comes out of it. Because I, I do see, again, I don't think it's this huge major problem. For well, the we're entitled to our opinion. Don't start apologizing before we start talking, right? I mean, well, yeah, you know, and and I'm, I'm not, but it's I, I think it's important to set the conversation up that this i it, it it has a potential to become a major issue for the future of hunting if we don't squash it now and kind of recognize that some of these people are doing this for money and doing this for for the wrong reasons uh not to sound like we're on a bachelor episode or something but they're not here for the right reasons and and i i want to talk about it and it's been bothering me for a long time and so i mean guy you sound like you you had something to say about that so i, I... That's a rough one, right? I don't necessarily think that it's for the wrong reasons. If someone's in this for business, then then more power to them if they figure that out and they can make a living at it. And that's part of that game. The The issue that I have with it is we live in a fucking echo chamber, right? We live in a vacuum and there's no, mm-hmm. and this is why, this is one of the reasons I've struggled, uh, not just the last few months, but the last year, year and a half with consistency on my podcast and because we live in an echo chamber i want to affect what what do you mean our, by echo chamber what, what because we're talking that? to each other what what benefit do we serve the demographic or our passion if we're just talking to each other i don't need to fucking influence chris Rowe. chris Rowe influenced me for my damn entire elk hunting career and me chasing turkey what what am i doing i'm just repeating what the fuck chris has taught me over his platform it's a fucking echo chamber. And it's the same. It's, it's sick. It just goes like this round and around. And it's like a fucking big circle jerk. Um, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense to people. No, but no, it, actually that, it, that, that's it, a good it, way to put it. It drives me crazy. And then we're, we're fucking lazy, right? We want this benefit to hunting, benefit to hunting, benefit to hunting. But then all we're doing is talking to each other. We're not reaching out. We're not trying to Dennis Dunn wrote a book, right? And he wrote a book about all his bare bow kills. And I met Dennis seems like two or three years ago. And I was going to podcast with him and I haven't because I want to finish reading his book. And the way he approached this book, I mean, this guy has grand slammed everything with a bare bow, right? Mm-hmm. He wrote this book for non-hunters. There's not enough of that. And and not to say that I want to change someone's mind, but I want to benefit the future of this. How do we do that if we're just living in that echo chamber or living in that vacuum? It's It's Liken to the political shit that we see all over social media um, and all these other, you know, news media platforms and everything, right? You're just talking to the people that have the same fucking opinion and view as you. What good does it do, right? And then you can't, you can't say anything about it like that, right? Or someone, like you said, somebody might get pissed, but I'm not going to apologize for it, Um it, it just we we have to figure out how we oh I, how we I was do not apologizing don't don't no, ever misconstrue almost... with a setup <laughs> I was setting up I don't apologize but I I do I do agree with uh, I'm I'm actually writing some of the stuff you're you're uh, you're talking about but I, I I mean because and I had this actually I actually had this conversation earlier on somebody else's podcast but uh, who are we talking to who who are we I mean, my show is centered around people who enjoy Western hunting and want to be passionate about hunting uh, in any effort to make sure that we have enough people that are passionate to defend hunting. But what does defend hunting look like? Right. But, Chris, but that's you. But that's you. doing. Yeah, that's it. me. That, that's me doing that are listening to you. What are they doing? How are they taking the Western Huntsman's message and, and mission and 
playing that forward or, or, or perpetuating that out in front of all this other shit. Yeah, I was just reading this thing about the Colorado Wolves, right? And I'm trying to figure out how I can impact that. I mean, they're talking about 200 fucking wolves that they're going to release just north of me, right? Like, okay, I'm trying to figure out as a new resident, what do I do? Well, you got motherfuckers that have dealt with this issue as residents of the state since its inception, and no one's really done anything. The wolves are fucking here. Why are we putting yeah. 200 more in? Let them fucking do their thing. It just, they breed at a rate of over anything. 40% a year. So it's, uh, yeah. You, yeah you, you and we that. just, we talk to each other. We complain to each other. Our actions don't affect anything outside of our demographic. And it's just a bunch of fucking jargon that we spit to each other all the time. Chris, what say you on this whole thing so far? I keep seeing you, you get this, you get this look on your yeah. face. Like I know you got <laughs> something to say. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't have, it's, if there's a criticism of me, it's, it's, I never have a lack of something to say. And, you know, this is your podcast, man. So, I mean, it's just, but there's a reason why I was not in a good mind, uh, headspace in September. And, you know, there's other stuff going on out here. But if, if we, you know, this, this fall's been difficult for a lot of people. And, um, I've been wrestling with this for quite some time as well. I mean, that's, I mean, we go back all the way back to Matt Ranella's discussion um, on the Mediator podcast and on with Joe Rogan and some of the other ones that, you know, or, or was it, no, it was, uh, was it Blood Origins? Or yeah, Blood or- I, I think yeah. that one was with so, Blood Origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never even heard that one. I just heard all the, the repercussions it's, from it. It's worth listening because Is it? everybody reacted and very few people listened. Um. No, did I agree with everything that Matt said? No, especially as he went on, because it just seemed like he got a little bit more wound up and a little bit more sensational as the time went on. And I don't know why that is. Maybe he felt that he was in a, with a sympathetic ear and, and he just started to snowball and, and it went. But it doesn't matter that, that he brought up some really good points. And same thing with the, the points that he was bringing up with his brother and, and on the Meat Eater podcast. It just the thing that I that, that's really that I've been wrestling with here lately is, you know, I, I had a, a very viscerally uh, oppositional viewpoint to the whole hashtag public landowner movement. Um, I freaking hate that freaking I, I hate it. Are, are you talking about from from back uh, a few years ago when there was like this? It was like super trendy to be pos- or for public land kind of thing. Right. Or are you talking yeah, about yeah. this last summer? Yeah, no, no, no. Just it, it, nope. When that when the first you know hashtag public landowner movement you know was yeah, starting yeah. to grow, yeah. I'm like, you have no idea what it actually involves being a landowner. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> you, your con- your contribution to anything is this for it's like it's 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 minuscule. Like if you actually knew what it what it required to actually manage habitat and 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 actually provide for what the critters that you want to go kill because that's what it's about you want to go kill something you you have no concept and and this is why and you know, just the the expense and all that goes into it no everybody loves the popular everybody loves the sensational every love everyone loves the idea. But no one has ever, not, I can't say no one. There's a lot of, there's a lot of of folks out there that do know what it takes. And, and to your point, guy, like, like what, I don't know. 
this is where, man, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to dominate this discussion because I, I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I still don't even have my head wrapped around some of the things that I want to talk about on my podcast. Cause I need to get, I need to find some good people to just echo, like just rail against that. They can, they can listen to me rant and then frame it and, and provide some context, you know, good content back because I'm now, you know, the, the hashtag public landowner movement kind of like went and now it's this whole kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it flared out like, like all sensational bullshit does. Exactly. It it was, it was a fundraiser. It was, it it was was. a fundraising campaign for certain organizations that went wildfire because everybody was looking at for a, a way to stand on the pedestal of the, of the, you know, build up their moral pedestal on the, the North American model of wildlife conservation without having any concept of what actually the foundation looked like and what it takes. And now yeah. now today it's it's the hunting is conservation again, which I say you're full of shit. Yeah, I want to. That's that's shit. one of my that is one of my my key topics, because I, I do. And I don't want to get there yet. We'll, we'll come back to hunting as conservation because I actually agree with with your sentiment. And I am very pro public land. I'm a, I, I am a sure. I, I am a proponent of public land. Right. Sure. But I was way before it was cool for all these hipsters to congregate and talk about how they're public land owners and, and, and as, a, as a fundraiser. Yeah. 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 So, and that, Burgers that is Hillary. where, uh, that is where, what I talk about on my show is where a lot of this anti-hunting movement and and funding and organizations kind of come from, where they get a lot of their money, is this need to feel like they're part of this tribe and like this they're 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 building themselves up on this moral pedestal, right? To feel important because everybody has to feel like they're a part of something, and when they don't, why not respond negatively? Or, or positively, I guess, depending on what side it's coming from, to some of these emotional propagated advertisements that, that are, that are shown on late night television and pull out their credit card and start donating to things like the United States Humane Society. Or, I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Humane, Humane Society of the United States. And that's what it is. This is this tribalistic thing. This, this need to belong and this need to show other people that they belong to something. And I think that that's what happened in, in, in the public land discussions. And I noticed ever since COVID hit, nobody talks about public land anymore unless they're talking shit about public land, like Gam and Bundy uh, or, or, or somebody like that. And and I, I get it. Uh, it did burn itself out. But I, I think that it needs to be all, all of these topics that we're talking about need to be something greater than just a trendy thing to go down to some trendy brewery. And and wear a flannel shirt and talk about how you're pro public land. That's not how this shit works, and it's not how we defend it. Well, and the, and to your point, listen, I, I don't want to. Humans by nature need to have community, have to have interaction, connect connectivity with other humans. Some yeah. humans want more, some humans want less, but community is is huge and important. So. This the idea of tribalism is is always been there, but the thing that I, I'm getting more and more disgusted by is seeing organizations, individuals, and, and I say that, and there's organizations that that are trying to you know get memberships and and donations and everything else, but there's also individuals utilizing it. To what you're saying, guy with it with the echo chamber, basically we we end up getting in these silos the silos of these tribes, these silos of belief, these silos of ideas. And what's, what just sucks. I just see it so freaking often is just 
we get this sensationalized sensationalism just whipping people into these different silos it doesn't help it doesn't help with a broad conversation and all it does is is it's self grand grand what a grandizing grandi what what is it what am i trying to say grandiose grand, whatever you know what i'm trying I, to I say i know i know what you're talking about it just it it's not moving the needle on what is going to save us in the long run. But I don't know if some of these people you actually care about that. That's um, okay. You just nailed it. And, and, that, and that's the thing that just, it's like, so to your point guy, the, the benefit of talking about it is whether it's yours, whether it's, you know, here, whether it's mine, whether it's anybody else's, whether it's mediator. I, I don't agree with all the stuff that the mediator guys talk about. I, I, I vehemently disagree with some of it. Um, but I, I, I love the freaking hell out of the fact that they actually have it out there and, and yeah. that we can talk about, you know, they, they do have some of these discussions, um, and others as well. I think, I think we're going to have to have some of these uncomfortable discussions and whether or not we actually in, impact anybody, I don't know. But if, if nothing else, we're never going to be able to change someone's mind. All we can do is put it, if we say something that resonates, plants a seed, all we can hope is that that person takes that and has the gumption to to foster it into some idea or critical thinking on their own part, and then they do something with it. That's that's all we can do is 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 have these conversations and say, "This is what I'm seeing. This is what I don't like, and here's why I don't like it." And you tell us, you know, you tell me, you tell uh, wh- whoever. Whether or not you uh, you agree or disagree, like my whole thing with the hunting conservation, hunting is conservation. I, I'm sorry, I call bullshit. Um, but in same thing with with your frustration guy with the wolves in Colorado, I'm I'm frustrated with this. I'm not even a resident, and I'm frustrated because I I watch the entire sportsman's community sit with their thumb up their ass, yep. and now they're going to sit there and complain about the 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 management plan. Piss off. You've had yeah. how many years now to actually do something about it? And you did nothing, nothing. You did yep. nothing except yeah. bitch and complain and, and wait for someone else to come save. Exactly. The fucking day. You wait. Exactly. It's like, come on. Now I've talked about it a couple of times in a couple of different places. So it's not like the information's not out there. I even pitched the information to individuals that are in the in the the community, the, the sportsman's community that are somewhat quote unquote leaders. Fuck all. Nothing. It went nowhere. You're talking about like, you're talking about directly the, the wolf reintroduction into Colorado. Yeah. Is that yeah. I, I mean so it's like I, I, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you've had how many years to get involved in a in an intelligent way? But we don't. What do we have? We we've got the same freaking tired organizations. I, honestly, I see some of these organizations that I really do think that they want to see this move forward simply so they can Keep whip up viable. sportsman anger, so those sportsmen pay dollars to the organization, so those organiz- th- that organization can continue to exist. It's like some freaking perverted bastardization of Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah. Like, good yeah. Lord, like, do you give a shit or not? Like, I, 
I'm done. I'm like, I, 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 I have the same, I have the same thought, you know, I, cause a, a lot of times we, I touch on the anti hunting movement and I, my, I have, I, I think that the vast majority of people that are on that side of the fence, uh, do want hunting to end, uh, in every way. Uh, but I, I think that there is a cottage industry that comes out of that where it's almost like, you know, if hunting ended, they'd be out of business. And so, so they don't, they, they push things to a certain extent, but at some point their crowd is going to get sick of it. And, and that I think is where I'm at for our crowd. I'm, I am sick of it. I'm sick. Okay. Uh, using the public land that, that is a, but this is why this is why you are, we are constantly being whipped up to go chase after the next big thing. Here's mm-hmm. the next crisis. Ooh, and, and, but Ooh, meanwhile, go go, oh, God, no. but oh, meanwhile, there's real issues. Focus. There's, yeah, right. there's real issues that need to be solved. And, and there's, there's real things that are taking place. And so, and, and again, using the public land as an example, granted, okay. Yeah. You bought a t-shirt with a hashtag on it and you think you're this public land advocate, but yet you don't know the history. You don't know how public land and, and the unlikelihood of how it even came about is now in place and how unique it is throughout the world. And and these there. Well, I'm not going to pick on the, those organizations right now, but I I will. Um, it, it's this. The, I can say this social- shit because I'm a I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm a fucking minority. So anybody wants to to holler about it. It's the Democratic Party in hunting with minority every two years. What do they do? Here's your problem. We're the fucking solution. And there's never a solution. And two years later, there's another problem and we're the solution again. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just goes round and round and round. And, and that listening to Chris and listening to you right now, that's what it made me think of. Right. Is, is, oh, there's the problem. And just like Chris said, let's, let's get on this problem. Let's, you know, hey, this problem. This is the carrot dingling on the stick. You know, membership, membership, membership. Send us 35. We'll send you a shirt. And then nothing happens. It doesn't do fucking all. And, and, you know, just to use it as an example, boom, the wolf introduction and nothing has happened. Yeah, so where, where did that go? But to your point though, I would say, I would correct it and say it's not a Democrat. It's a progressive ideology because you can have right wing progressives. This is very true. And, this and is some very of the, true. Some of the organizations that I am just disgusted and done with are typically considered right wing organizations, right, you know, yes, right yes. center organizations. You're still yeah. progressive. Right. You're, you're, you're well, it was it was easier. It was yeah. easier for me to say that right, as right, the right. example. And, and that's fine. But people need to understand. And that's why I've got that YouTube video on understanding ideology. It goes on both sides of the it, it's on both sides. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. I haven't seen that video. You put out a new video called Understanding Ideology. It's not new, news. but it's been there. It's a while been there. Yeah. You go through it because um, I'm, I'm still wrestling trying to get part two up. And, I, and quite honestly, I well, it doesn't matter. We Yeah. Anyway. Go through it because it, it starts to to dive into some of this stuff because that's the that's the case is a lot of these groups that are again how many times have I said it? There's two types of people in this world: those who wish to be left alone, and those that refuse to. And then mm-hmm. the other part of it is there's the world is run by those who show up. Well, guess who always shows up? It's not the people that want to be left alone. Yeah. It's the people that refuse to. And it, whether yeah. you're right or left or right, middle or left of the of the ideological spectrum, you can have that progressive ideology where it ends just by the means. And this is what I see is just we, we we're cha- we're so I don't know. It, there's so much. I mean, Jim, there's so much to here to dissect. This is why I, I just said this is your world. I just want to live in it because <laughs> I, I've got four months. I've got four months of notes you have- over here. 
that well, I you've been building up, man. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't let this out on a podcast. Then this stuff oh. gets, uh, you know, built up, and then and we get this big, you know, burst of information coming out. And, oh, it's and, not going to okay. be a burst of information. That's going to be hellfire, son. <laughs> but like, so and I love it. I I love it. But, which what's been what's been chapping your ass? I mean, like like you wanted to have this discussion. Yeah. What are some of the topics that? that resonated with you. And, and I, I would say we focus it. Otherwise we're going to have four hours of this, of just stuff, just going all over the place and never. Yeah. Grabbing no, that, that, that's a, that's a good way. I do want to kind of keep it somewhat concise, but what's chapping my ass, I think is the lack of action and, and this, the, this phony outrage that sometimes takes place uh, from people who act like they're so pissed off about some topic or, or, or some certain thing or a piece of legislation or, you know, whatever, uh, and, and nothing comes of it. Like nothing, people don't get off their ass and do anything about it. Nobody speaks up. Everybody's terrified of the woke left and don't, don't doesn't want to fight back against that. So, you know, everybody's, you know, walking on eggshells so that nobody's offended. And then, and then if you, if you really narrow that down to the hunting community, when there are issues such as this, like this wolf topic in, in the state of Colorado, man, that was something that we had on my show multiple discussions about. The issues of uh, so-called wolf reintroduction into the state of Colorado and the and the repercussions to include people that actually know shit about this, like you know, like you, Chris, that that are actual wildlife uh, biologists or ecologists or or uh, behavioralists or or any of those things that, that we discussed and how they will link up with the um, the Mexican wolf uh, down in Arizona and Mexico and how that will kind of wipe out the coyote population. I mean, we had all sorts of conversations about it. Did it create a ruckus in, in Colorado and, and, and between my show and everybody else's show that's talking about uh, this wolf issue, people didn't show up. And so now wolves are going to be reintroduced well, into Colorado. And, and the, the problem is what, the, what they'll say is, well, you know, it's because of Denver and it's because of Colorado Springs and they have the, the population and that's who voted for it. There is only one call company here at the Western Huntsman, and that is Phelps Game Calls, born out of hunting. And the necessity to make the best calls on the market, Jason Phelps started this company in his garage back in 2009. And now he's got some of the finest lineup of elk calls, turkey calls, predator calls, waterfowl calls available on the market. If you guys go to the website, check it out and get what you need. And if you're in the market, when you go to checkout, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Whether you're just getting started or have expert level calling skills, Check it out at Phelps Game Calls. Get them close. Hoffman Boots is a fourth-generation owned boot company, a family of shoemakers based in North Idaho. I've been sporting a pair of Hoffmans for close to a decade, and I really like the Hoffman Explorer in the 8-inch. It's the best boot out there, so check it out at hoffmanboots.com, and you'll see the whole lineup of hunting boots and lineman boots and pack boots and everything else right there on the website. And if you choose to purchase a pair of boots, make sure you use the promo code all caps lock Huntsman 10 for 10% off. 
Scree Gear, extreme high-performance hunting attire and gear that is scientifically tested, complete layering systems, and some of the finest merino wool products to keep you warm and comfortable. And it's all backed by a great company. What I really like about Scree is if you go to the website, they have these bundle options like the elk bundle or the whitetail bundle or the turkey bundle, all that stuff that'll get you completely outfitted for your favorite hunt. The starter bundle is a really good deal. Make sure you check that out. They've got the VIP sizing guarantee. And so you can exchange something if it doesn't fit right at absolutely no charge to you. Guys, it's a great warranty, great company. And at checkout, as always, use promo code THEWESTERNHUNTSMAN for 15% off and free shipping. The Elk Collective. Folks, the best investment you can make when it comes to hunting is what's between your ears. Having elk knowledge is what separates those who succeed every once in a while versus those who notch a tag every single year. So go to the Elk Collective and sign up. There's over 150 videos in this online course to teach you everything you need to know by some of the best experts to ever enter the elk woods. It's a great program at a great price, guys. And if you use the promo code, the Western Huntsman, you're going to get 20 bucks off of your entire course. So instead of 89 bucks, you'll get it for $69. And now that September is over and we're into October and November and all these fall hunts, if you get it now, you're going to have an entire year to go through all this course. And believe me, you're going to need it. There's so much content in there. So check it out and use the promo code, the Western Huntsman, all one word. Last but not least is Tacticam. Guys, you know I've been using Tacticam for a very long time. I really like my Tacticam 5.0s. I like my Tacticam in the wide lens, so you can get that kind of wider angle and shot. Uh, the, they've upgraded now. They've got the Tacticam 6.0, which is super cool. I can't wait to get mine. And also, the cell cams. Don't forget about the Tacticam Reveal cell cams. They've got a bunch of different series of these things, and I've got them all over my property, so I know what's going on at all times. Whether i got a bear that's coming after my chickens, or if I have an intruder down at the driveway, or if I have a giant monster whitetail buck over in my hunting spot, I know what is going on at all times. I love my Tacticam reveals, guys. Check it out at Tacticam.com. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. Well, I mean, there's probably a little bit of truth to that, but... Yeah, but but they want the ballot initiative passed by one percentage point. I know, yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's such a slim margin. And that's the thing is you look at what the the original ballot initiative said or why when they when you saw the interviews and people talking about why did you vote for this uh ballot issue the number of people that were like i thought it was a it was a neat idea to have wolves in colorado that's a very weak commitment to an idea mm-hmm. that ballot initiative passed by one percentage point on a weak oh, i thought it would be cool there was no, con- there was no. These are not wildlife people. No, yeah. they're not wildlife yeah. con- people. But let's let's compare and contrast. Con- contrast. We weren't talking about the abortion issue. Like yeah. when you talk to somebody about the abortion issue, you have vi- there's like probably one percent that are that are ambivalent about it. Everyone yeah. else has a visceral, deep seated belief. Okay, mm-hmm. what are, I don't know. I don't give a shit what your belief is. But it's it's like, no, this is what I believe. Damn it. Mm-hmm. With the wolf issue, that wasn't it. It wasn't like we were voting on the, 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 you know, Colorado voted on the abortion issue. No, 
this was a wolf issue and it was it passed by vapors like vapors and all it was was it'd be neat to have wolves in colorado well guess Mm -hmm. what we have you have wolves in colorado you you we you've got a breeding pair you've got new wolf pups like you have them like why the sportsman community did not rally put together another ballot initiative and say we need to hit the brakes we've achieved the the intellectual the emotional threshold that passed that what people wanted when we when we voted for the first ballot initiative on wolves we've achieved it colorado has achieved it we have wolves in colorado we've achieved it so how about we put the brakes we not spend any money let's not reintroduce any new ones how about we just foster what we have i'll bet you any money you would have gotten the number of signatures that fast Number one and number two, it could have been on this past November election or ballot, and you, I guarantee, I, I am, I am a firm believer that it would have passed. You would have had people that voted in favor of the the previous wolf initiative that would have changed their vote and said, "Oh no, 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 that's awesome. We've got wolves. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to be wasting any more dollars. We don't need to spend. Let's let's just let's help these. Let's let's make it." Did did we have any of that? How how come Chris that how how come it is so much easier for the other side to go to Colorado and and have these messages reach so many people and be convincing that wolves on the landscape in the state of Colorado is a good thing versus logical and tangible evidence to discuss that there or or or, or to express that there is already wolves on the landscape and it would be a much more natural thing to allow that wolf population to kind of naturally come into its own in the state of Colorado. Why is it so much difficult? Why why am I always on the side that seems to be so much more difficult to convey messages when it's so obvious to to guys like you and I, uh, but to the masses, it's it's just not. It's like missing something. What are we doing wrong? It doesn't affect them. It it doesn't affect those masses. Is that because of a lack of emotion or or why? Why doesn't it affect them? One, it's the Western Slope. So if, if we're talking population and who voted for this shit, those wolves are reintroducing to the Western Slope. It doesn't affect them. They may come over to the slope to, you know, recreate for the day and happen to see a wolf, but it doesn't affect them ultimately. And it's, you know, going, it's, it's a wolf, right? It's, it's furry. It's somehow fucking. Cuddling. Is it, is it that emotional thing? Is it that, is it that thing? If I could spit this out, right? Is it the emotion? And I guess that's what I'm asking is, is, do you guys have a, a take as to why it is so much easier for the human brain to be like, okay, this, this is emotional. This, this fills me with the, uh, endorphins or whatever that makes me feel good versus why is, why is tangible evidence and, and actual reason so not fulfilling to the human brain? Does this, does this, maybe I'm going too deep. I don't know. No, what the no, fuck? you're not. So, so they, it doesn't affect them. Okay. Now what there's, what, what, the other side is saying is that, well, the wolves were here and we should bring those wolves back to their natural habitat, their natural landscape. Our hands have been on the shit for how, for eons, right? So they're going, oh, well, yeah, it's their natural habitat. We should bring them back. They don't understand the ramifications of that decision because that information isn't provided. How is it going to affect the deer herds, the elk herds? Fuck the bear, the bobcat, and the mountain lion for that matter. They are unattached to the ramifications of it 
right? It's just, they were here, bring them back. That's all it is. I mean, yeah. it goes, look at California, right? California with the wolves, California's discussion with the fucking grizzly bears, California's decision on mountain lions. Why is that all okay? It's because it doesn't affect them. And that's one of the things when we talk about it, what we say, well, fuck, when those mountain lions start coming and taking your dogs and your cats, I mean, look at the coyotes. What was that? That was a, a week, two weeks ago, Woodland Hills. The guy's unloading his fucking car with groceries and oh, the coyote comes girl. and grabs his little girl. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing. I Until, actually, I don't know if it was a little girl. Uh, maybe it was a little it boy. Was. I don't know. It was no, a kid. It was, I, yeah, it was a little kid, but it was, I think it was a girl. I'm almost Are you certain. assuming, are, you're assuming. Don't even go, don't even fucking go down that road, brother. <laughs> 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 I'm not assuming anything. There's two. <laughs> we'll say that. But, but it's almost blissful ignorance on their part. And, and, mm-hmm. Good on them for having a heart, right? And thinking that, and yes, that animal belongs on the landscape the animal belongs on, but they don't know the ramifications. They're removed from it. You can't expect them to have all the information if it's not presented. The problem is, is that we're not on the other side presenting the information that counters what they think about. And I think that's where the problem is. When you're removed from it, you just don't know. I can tell you both about hood shit. Right. I get, and you'll look at me like, what the hell? Right. You have no idea because you're removed from yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, and are nothing, you saying, are you saying I don't live in the hood and I don't have a dangerous neighborhood? You live in Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. Well, so, well, Chris, this when you're a question from you, it, I mean, when, fuck. Uh, no, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't understand what, what, uh, you know, that lifestyle even looks like or, um, how to relate it to my own lifestyle. Right. Uh, and right, so, so it's the same the, thing. So the question would be, I guess, in a simplified way, maybe to Chris, is why is emotion so much easier to sell than reality? Well, the the easy answer is most people today operate off of that emotion. I mean, it, it, emotion isn't easy. It is easy to, to, to latch into. There's a, a, I mean, there's all sorts of different people that have talked about that, whether it's Peterson and Huberman and all sorts of other stuff, just the way your brain is. So emotion absolutely is easy to tap into. And it, and it, it goes right straight to deep to the the core of your psyche. Number one, number two, how many decades now have we raised our children and um, operate ourselves within society based on emotion because it Mm -hmm. feels good. I mean, hell, you've got a, a sitting uh, congresswoman who says, you know, basically facts don't matter. It's 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 about feelings. It's like, what what the hell? We, we have a, an entire society these days that has been told that what you feel is more important than what is real. And and we have acquiesced and created public policy and vil- around catering to emotion and vilify those that want to speak truth and, and facts and reality, et cetera. So there's a, there's a longstanding, I mean, the society has shifted grotesquely um, in the direction of just being emotional. Um, but I think, and I, 
I can tell the wheels are spinning, but you're you're like you're you're being cautious because I something. because I don't know I don't I don't have a a a fleshed out way to succinctly articulate this. I think the reason why I think the reason why we lose on some of these arguments about whether it's wolves, whether it's predator, whether it's mountain lions, whether it's predator spring hunting. bear hunting in Washington, spring, you know bear, that's that's another one sore okay. subject for me. Uh, and and I, I think the reason why we lose as sportsmen is because the fundamental argument, the base level motivation of our argument is absolute fucking bullshit. So let's let's talk about that. What are you talking about? Who gives the a fundamental shit, Jim? base? Who, Jim, who gives a shit if wolves go into Colorado? and knock the ever-living shit out of elk in the White River National Forest. Who gives a shit if wolves go in and absolutely knock the ever-living shit out of moose in northern Colorado? Why, in the North American model of wildlife conservation, are we supposedly, why is hunting something that it exists? Now, I can tell you what intrinsically how I am and, and my DNA and how I'm hardwired, but the vast majority of the average sportsman is going to say, well, we're out there because we've got to regulate the populations and we've got to make sure that the, you know, the wildlife populations live within the carrying capacity of the wildlife, you know, of the habitat. So we don't, you know, we make sure that, you know, hunting is conservation because we're out there making yeah. sure the elk aren't overeating our house and home. And so that way all the little critters are saved and pretty. Guess what? Wolves do that very fucking well. I'm out here in Kansas right now watching about between 60 and 80 plus percent of our deer population go through the shitter. And I'm watching numerous coyote packs on the landscape. The density of our coyotes is absolutely insane. And they're acting like wolves on the landscape. I can't make an argument and this is what I wrestled with with our hunting season this year. We had guys that were already pre, they drew their tags, they spent their money. They, they this was, this was on the, I shut down my turkey hunts last year because we don't have the number of birds on the landscape to do it. I've had numerous mm -hmm. people ask I me, remember that. 2023, I've, I've, I've ten, sent everybody an email back saying there is no plan for Chris Rowe to run turkey hunts in 2023 because we don't have the birds to ethically do it. I'm sitting here looking at our deer population going, I don't know how ethically we even argue running high numbers of hunters. We can't. Why shut down all of our doe management hunts? Because there is no doe management necessary on the landscape. We are going to have a problem between chronic wasting disease, agriculture changes, drought, you name it, and coyote predation. We are going to have a very difficult time these next several years maintaining our, our deer population. But yet, neat. We've got a state that doesn't give a shit, apparently. And we've got hunters that are still coming out here. They're like, I'm coming out. Oh, I couldn't. It was a tough season. I couldn't. You know, we were just we were just behind those big bucks. We couldn't. So we just went on doe patrol. You you went on doe? You went on doe patrol. For what? Doe management? What fucking does do you need to shoot? You don't need to shoot a damn one. We need to protect our freaking does right now because they're getting slaughtered. When we sit there and we argue as a sportsman society, a, a group of body, and we want to argue against wolf introduction, 
Don't give me this shit about disease. Don't give me this shit about all the, you know, elk populations. Don't give me this shit about, you know, some baby getting yanked off of somebody's back freaking SUV. You don't give a shit about that. You give a shit about whether or not you're going to be able to buy an over-the-counter tag and have a good elk season. You give a shit on whether or not you're going to have enough mule deer out there on the landscape to where you can actually hunt them and kill them. You're doing absolutely jack shit all to actually advocate for habitat improvement and actually forest management, forest health, range health. Hell, we come out here to fucking, excuse me, private land. We've got how many people out here doing fuck hunters? Just the average Joe Schmedley hunter that just goes and buy a hunting license doing jack shit about trying to do anything to help the critter. All they give a shit is about killing a critter. So when we have a conversation about spring bear, what the fuck are you actually arguing for? Are, do you, like, are you, do you have a bear like population problem? Do you have a problem or do you have bears killing more elk that pisses you off because you can't kill an elk in the fall? So you're upset that you have competition on the landscape. So God damn it, kill the predators. So I have more elk to hunt in the fall. And I just want to be able to go out and kill because that's fucking fun. So I want another season to go out there and go shoot something. I don't. So, I mean, let, let me ask you, let me, go ahead, go ahead, let go me ahead. ask I'm, you something. I'm telling you. No, no, no. I, I like this. I love months. it. I I love it when you get fired up, dude. Hellfire, baby. <laughs> I love it. Um, I do want to. I want. I want to talk about that spring bear for a minute because um, does it really matter as a hunter or an anti-hunter? Does it really matter in terms of managing bears as uh, through hunting? Right. Like, I, I and I say that from a stance of. Um, well, I'll give you a great example. I had the. I had the um, Idaho fishing game. The director of Idaho fishing game on the show. And he says the choice of Idaho for the state of Idaho, how we manage our wildlife is through hunting, right? Okay. So what that means is they're going to have the, uh, the scientific data come towards them, uh, to them and, and they're going to determine, okay, we could sell this many elk tags, this many bear tags. We've got this bear population in this unit and, uh, this elk, elk population in that unit. Um, I, I, I'm getting a little bit off track. I'm going to go back to the, the Washington part. Let me ask you this, Chris. The Washington spring bear, you're asking is, if, if do they have a bear problem? No, they don't have a bear problem, but they have a very robust bear population. And if it, I'll tell you who had a problem was New Jersey that canceled their hunting season. I Stop. Talk about that. Stop. Okay, okay, I'll go. Well, then, then, then let's focus on Washington. Okay, let's so let's talk about Washington. The sports, what is the sportsman's argument for having a spring bear season? I think the sportsman's argument is the experience of it and the um you know the the, the it is a management issue to an extent, but let's let's talk about it. Spring is a great time to hunt black bears, right? It's a great time to hunt black bears. Take a step they're, back. Can I cut you off? Back. Wait, can I cut you off? Is it a management issue, or are we just mad because we're losing something? No, 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 no. Bear hunting in Washington is not is not a management issue. It's not like bears are an overpopulated problem. It's so a it's, it's a, a heritage. What, what so was that? A, we're so getting it's something a taken away. Recreational problem. opportunity. Sure. Yeah. And and what is wrong with the recreational opportunity when you have a healthy bear population? And and as of right now, now without spring bear, do I think that the the potential for the state of Washington to have bear problems is going to go higher because the population is going to increase? 
maybe the problem is the spring bear season was a draw tag and it did not uh, result in like this, you know, big percentage of bears being taken. Right. And so I don't think that it's going to be what I've seen some of the um, hyperbolic stuff coming on, on social media, but it does take away from that hunter who's been passionate about bear hunting and the guides over there who have been guiding and they've been feeding their family that way and all the other things that come into this. Who the fuck are these anti-hunting people that get stuck on these goddamn Washington Fish and Game Commissions that say we cannot do something because we're not we're certainly by spring bear hunting in Washington. Now I say we. I, I don't live in Washington. I don't I don't hunt bears in the spring in Washington. However, I, I hunter we're all hunters. So so when I say we, uh, that's what I'm referring to. Who are they to tell we we can't do it? Who who are they so to tell us we can't do it when when it does not do any, any damage to the bear population? It's not hurting the population and it's not really going the other way either. So why why do we allow this kind of stuff? And where were the sportsmen's organizations that really could have stepped in and made a bigger bang in the state of Washington to help our Washington outfitters and our, our Washington guides? What the fuck happened there? We all get fired I, up. I, 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 I listen. I'm trying. Not to, I'm, I'm trying not to. I don't do you, want to This is not mine. I'm not. I'm, how I'm, do you? I'm, but how, okay. So, but there's. That's what I was alluding to when I interrupted you, Jim. And I'm sorry. That's the problem. The problem isn't the management strategy or the population of bears. It's that we don't want someone dictating what we can and can't do right for this for this right of ours, uh, the privilege of ours. It's as, not necessarily as, it's not it's not the right aspect. This isn't like a constitutional amendment, but it is a lifestyle, right? Right. This, oh, is, absolutely. this is a lifestyle. And so uh, the, the, the problem that I have is. The spring bear hunt in Washington was banned due to bad science. No, why, it was banned why, because it was banned because a, there's a it was banned because of an emotional call to yes, end the bear hunt because yes. bears are cute and cuddly. And why is it with predator hunting, whether it's coyote competitions, whether it's whether it's bear hunting, spring bear hunting, or trapping? Why is it with predators? We always feel like we have to justify the hunt. Like we don't hear. Deer hunters out there can justifying go, the hunt. Why do can we have I go to get my foil it? box? I'm gonna go get the foil so I can make a hat and another. Dude, you don't beer. even need it. You don't even need it because, to me, in, in my opinion, this is my my foil hat thing, right? If you if you can protect predators, reintroduce predators, it's an effect on what we're doing overall, right? And and you know, call me crazy, hunter conspiracy, whatever. Chris may fire off. They don't want us if they don't want us hunting, if they don't like us out there killing animals. Well, how do you do it? You introduce predators. Oh, the population's low. You can't hunt that predator. Well, the population of deer, the population of elk, the population of the turkey has dropped so much that we have to limit your tags. To me, it's an it's a long game, is how I see it. Right? It's a long, a long game. A long that they're game playing. by who? The the anti hunting movement? By the anti hunter groups. They don't gotcha. want us out there. So how do you how do you affect the population of the ungulates? Or you know what I mean? You and and Quite honestly, protect the bears. You have more bears on the landscape, hypothetically, and you affect the ungulate populations and whatnot. I mean, I think it's a long game. And again, it could sound foil hatty, but why else do it? Why, you know, cougars in California? Dude, I could remember years where I didn't see but one in 10, 12, 13 years. And it got to the point where it was like two, three, four, a season. 
I'm hunting the same drainage as two and three cats. There's game cameras where you got six cats drinking out of the same goddamn water hole. Why? And then the deer population is decimated in that area. Again, I'll, I'll go get the Reynolds, foil it up. But I think it's a long game that they're playing on the anti-hunting side, right? And then it tugs on emotion, right? Bears are somehow, like just like the wolves, right? It's furry, it's cuddly. How the hell a mountain lion or a bear tearing the hell out of a, a fawn or a calf is is furry and cuddly? I have no idea. I think it's a long game, and I don't think that we are fighting anything but us losing something or not wanting to lose what we perceive as a God-given right. And and honestly, it's a privilege in, in every state that hunting is available on public land or private land. Uh, it's a privilege, you know, and, yeah. and I don't know that we view the whole thing the right way, right? And then going back to the echo chamber uh, or the silo, you get, you go in that, in that silo and it's the whirlwind of what we're going to do, what we're going to do, what we're going to do as an organization. And we just, we keep whispering that each other's ear as we're spinning around that fucking silo in that echo chamber and we lose the argument. We're really not talking about the same. We're not talking their language. We're not tugging on any emotion because we're saying, like Chris said, right? Well, hunting is conservation. Well, that's not really what we're fighting for. We're not mad. Because now we're not conserving. We're mad because now we're losing because we take, 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 take. If that made any fucking sense. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it definitely did. I, I, I think I want to, I, I, let's get back to a, a little bit on this, you know, this predator topic and how there, there is this, this sense and it. it comes from both hunters and non hunters where, where there's this feeling that we need to justify what we do. Uh, through like conservation. Well, we're going to bear hunt because we're conservationists and we're going to save some deer. Yeah. You guys have seen that. Somebody gets a bear down. Well, I saved a fawn. So, so, uh, I, I don't care about that. Why don't you, if you want to post a picture of the bear that you got, say, Hey, work my tail off for this bear. Uh, and I'm super proud of it. Who cares if you saved a fawn? Because another bear down the, down the drainage is going to get that fawn anyway. Like, it's like that doesn't it's the hashtag. What, the what is hashtag. that? What, what do you it's say to that, Chris? Is that, is that, am I off base by saying that or, or, or how, how wrong am I? I could see, I, I might be wrong. Chris is coming at me. No, dude, I, I got a <laughs> shit pile of notes. I mean, that's the thing is, is what is the basis of our moral argument? It, it all comes down to that. The conservation? Our moral argument in arguing for hunting. Mm-hmm. Like what the, what are we supposed to be doing out there? Again, we it, it doesn't matter if you're an animal activist, <coughs> animal rights person, anti-hunter person, a wildlife biologist, conservationist, conservation biologist. <clears throat> ecology is ecology. And we're supposed to be out. Aren't we supposed to be out there for the health of the population? And, uh, dude, I've got. To, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's circumstantial, right? Like, like we're not. Well, we're what not, do you mean? What do you well, mean, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Like I, I would love to come to Kansas and hunt coyotes 
only for the sake of helping helping you guys with the population. But I'm not going to come to uh, I'm not going to come to Kansas for a whitetail hunt uh, for the sake of the population. I'm going to come to the uh, Kansas for the whitetail hunt because it's a much better hunt than than what I'm used to, right? Uh, or was a couple of years ago when when uh, you know the cycle or, or the the weather was better. Yeah. But um, let, me, let me ask you a question then. Okay. Everybody wants to come out and shoot coyotes. Why don't we ever hear anybody going on a, a guided hunt or going to and, and rallying and they're going to go out there and they're going to shoot the shit out of collared doves? Why don't, why don't we ever hear hunters going out there saying, holy shit, we need to get out there and we need to waylay a, a shit ton of starlings. You want to look at the ecological impact of starlings on native, you know, floor, you know, uh, native wildlife, especially other nesting birds they're they're a they're a pest they're a exotic species that has overtaken the united states we don't ever hear hunters saying there we're going to go in because of conservation because we're conservationists right we need to go in there and waylay the shit out of starlings i never i never hear anybody say that yeah no i agree but but why starlings don't do a shitting thing to gain populations yeah and and i I i think there's a there's a side of it where as as hunters, you know, we can we could run around talking about how hunting is conservation and whatnot, but that doesn't make us experts. And so there's a lot of people that don't even know what you're talking about with a starling. And 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 they there's a lot of people that don't do the homework to understand some of that. So isn't that our and, shouldn't that be our responsibility if that's what that, exactly that's what I was world, getting at. That's exactly where I was going. Pedestal, yeah, I, that, and I that's exactly where that? I was going. I want hunters to be up to speed with that kind of information and that knowledge. I want us to outsmart these anti-hunting folks. And, and, no and honestly, sh- we're no not. One get, no one gives a shit about no, that. So nobody cares. doesn't give, about, give no, a shit about Because that. how cool is it to, to post a picture of, of a nesting bird that you shot for the sake of conservation? Uh, that, it's not cool. It's not cool, right? And, no and, and that's the problem. It, no. Yeah. Nobody gives no, a shit my, about my, it. So when you said earlier, you, you said we're all hunters. No, we're not. No, we're not. It's a value. What do you mean by that? You, you, this was back. Let's go back to the spring bear in Washington. You were saying you're upset at the Washington Wildlife Commission, and you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, what? Who gives them the right to, you know, to say we can't do something? Um, legislative authority. No, 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 no. Not that. Not the commission. It was the anti-hunting organizations that approached the commission and right. and were that. That's what I'm talking about. I, I know sets. the commission had yes value, What's value that? sets, competing value, value sets, competing. Okay. Yep, that's because great. Right way to now, let, let me ask you this: Don't what what's what's the terminology now? Minorly attracted individuals shouldn't <laughs> they have a right to exercise their fundamental belief and value set? How about the trans issue right now? Shouldn't trans, shouldn't we have cross dressers and drag queens have the right to go in and share their lifestyle in public libraries, in our kindergartens and preschools and help mold the minds of those young individuals and share with them their passion and their value and their morals? Shouldn't they have the right to do that? Uh, how the do we? Yeah, okay, I'm not going to argue one way or the other. The issue yeah. is a competing value set. So the anti-hunters have absolutely every ounce of right to go to the commission, go to the public square, and say, "This is what I believe. I want to advocate for it." And then in the public square, it ought to be okay. Make your case. I'm sorry if animal activists, anti-hunters. 
have a stronger ecological case for a policy than hunters do. I'm sorry if they do. But what we're talking about is if you're talking about, and I don't know the Washington State issue. I haven't dived into it because I don't care. I have I lived in Washington for a number of years. I enjoyed hunting that state. That state, from an ecological standpoint, is a freaking it, it's a it's it's incredible. I will never darken mm-hmm. the door of that state again if I have if I, if I don't have to if if I'm not forced to because uh, politically it's just a train wreck anymore. I'm sorry, oh, absolutely. I don't want anything yeah. to do with it. But the thing is, if the hunters in Washington are arguing for a recreational opportunity, you tell me in the public square how you argue your moral <laughs> stance of I just like to go out and put a bullet in the freaking body cavity of a bear and watch it die so I can hold it up for Instagram versus the other person's going, what the fuck? You mean like bear? Like, no, why do you have, why? Why do you have to, you said, you, again, you brought up, why does everybody have an issue with predators, but no one have an issue with ungulates? Because mm-hmm. you can make an actual, edu- uh, an ecological case that ungulates will eat themselves out of house and home and cause major problems with the rest of the habitat and, and the environment they're in. But now, couldn't that same thing be said about bears overpopulating? The, they eat each other out far, of house and home? far, far end of the spectrum. But you mm. can address that. You can address that later, specifically, and according to the animal activists, without emotion and without this pathological, this this psycho, this psychotic desire that these quote unquote hunters have, this bloodthirsty psychosis that they just want to go out and they enjoy killing stuff. Why don't we just enjoy going out and trap like my neighbor? Well, he likes to trap cats and, and torture them in the in his his backyard in cages. Why is that not acceptable to those people when they have a value, an intrinsic value for the individual life of an animal? You're arguing their base fundamental value set. And if you don't have a good uh, argument against it, you're going to lose. lose yeah. So all this bullshit of, well, you know, there's no reason why we can't. I mean, there's plenty of bears. We could, we, okay, fine. Why don't we just, why don't we have a spring bear season where we can just go out and club them over the head with a freaking barbed wire baseball bat? Well, that's a little egregious, Chris. That's not ethical. And that's not, I mean, that's outside of the, I mean, that's just not, it's no different to them. It's no different than to them. So if you're sitting there, you're going to argue for a recreational opportunity. Dude, you cannot get mad at somebody who looks at that argument and says, you're arguing for this simply because you like to go do this. That kind of sounds mm-hmm. fucked up, man. Well, kind of, maybe. To the average person who doesn't, like you said. To the average person. Yeah, you, you, who has never lived it, never engaged it, doesn't, they, they, are, they, are, they are external to the entire issue. You might as well be talking to the conservative-minded individual saying, yeah, we ought to encourage uh, the trans activists and cross-dressers going in and, and teaching our kids about their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of us so are I, I guess, against that, aren't we? I, I guess, Chris, like where – but where are you going with this in terms of how, how, do, we, how do we come to uh, – how do we come to a solution for this if – 
because your opinion is, and you, you're a very passionate guy, and you're, you've, you've always been, one of the things I've always admired about you is you don't come at things from just some emotional responsive level, although you get emotional, right? But it, it comes from a place of a lot of thought and a lot of information and a lot of data, and I, I don't doubt that for a second. I, I don't always agree with, with your take on things, and, and you sure. know that, and you don't always agree with my take on things, but the cool part, I think me and Guy talked about this at one point, and the, the cool part is, um, we're grownups. We, we don't, we don't have to agree on everything, uh, to have a good conversation. But, but where there's, there's, there's a sense I'm getting of doom and gloom out of, out of your philosophy on this. And, and it's like this, this, this sense of, Hunters have been wrong forever, and now now there's no solution to it, and and so that that's kind of where where I'm I'm kind of getting confused as to how how do we come up with a solution? Because w- would you agree that uh, hunting is something that has been a part of the human experience since the dawn of time? Is is that right or wrong? Sure. And so when, when we're talking about something that has been part of the human experience since the dawn of time, and now we've got this new, uh, when I say new over the last couple of, you know, say three to four decades of, of this, um, one particular group of people, <laughs> these, these fucking liberals that tend to, uh, come up with these extremely emotional, uh, woke field, uh, philosophical ideas that, that I, I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody when I say that I, I firmly believe that the entire, the entirety of the far left is purely based on emotion and no logic. And, and I, 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 I will argue that with anybody. I'm not talking about your average Democrat that, uh, you know, like, like your John F. Kennedy's, uh, your Reagan Democrats, the, the, the normal American Democrat. We've gotten to this point where everything has to be so goddamn extreme. Everything has to be so freaking extreme. Oh, I'm a vegan, so everybody else has to be a vegan. You can't hunt bears because I'm a goddamn vegan. And that's what I'm sick of. I'm sick of these people shoving their their sexual fantasies down my children's throats. I'm sick of people telling me what I can and can't say. I'm t- I'm sick of people telling me as as a red blooded American what I can and can't do when it's all within the bounds of the law and legalities. A hunting season for spring bear in Washington does not negatively impact the ecological system in the state of Washington or the wildlife. So why are these people placating to these emotional? Res- responses because they don't like it that's that's my problem with it and 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 the problem isn't just the bear hunt chris it it the problem is is this becomes this domino effect where okay that first domino just knocked over the spring bear hunt in washington we can also take your gun rights we can also remove uh your freedom of speech we can also and granted that stuff isn't all just right there uh for the taking because it is constitutionally amended but it's not a far stretch to think that that's where this leads to and so we're going down these paths where emotion is taking the place of logic reason and sensibility and it comes from the left and i'm sick and tired of it and i'm sick of having to make a case and justify my lifestyle because somebody in downtown seattle is fucking offended that i want to go hunt the same way my ancestors have done for thousands of years okay i'm sorry chris the, oh. you were the one that jim was directing it to go, go, but go, that go, go. but i love that you brothers argument, by the way just, just that you know. argument is what in my opinion what chris was talking about 
They're holding morality. We're talking recreation. Jim Huntsman just presented a case that might stand up to their moral argument outside of we just want to go kill bears because it's management, blah, 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 bullshit, right? There's no argument coming from those groups that, and, and we could back up before you started saying it's a domino effect, right? And and I believe you. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's a long game. But that, in my opinion, is what Chris was talking about. We got this weak-ass argument, recreation versus a moral argument, and nothing like you just presented has been presented to the opposition or the people that are hearing this shit, right? So if they don't hear it and they don't hear why we're out there and why we want to be out there and that human experience, we're not we're not tugging at anything. You start talking about human experience versus some shit that they could care about in conservation or we don't even have all the information on, then you start hitting emotion. And that's what those people are tugging on in their moral arguments, right, wrong, or indifferent in their argument. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, your, that's a great your, point. Your your argument, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with your passion and, and your belief structure. What, what I, what no, I, I know you're is, not. I know you're what, not. What I would say is that argument is irrelevant to their value structure. I mean, again, you, you, yeah. you can't. Uh, I we've talk, I've talked about this before. It is, it, and this is not my quote, but it is, it, it is pointless to argue facts and logic to someone who does not value facts and logic. We, are, to your point, what, I, I get. Yeah, that's a great way. You to are, you are, you are, you are, you are an argue dinosaur that. in their mind. You represent. A, a chunk of the human race that should go extinct. You should go away because we don't have to hunt to, to survive anymore. Right. We don't have to yeah. do that shit. Yep. So you ought to just go away and we will whittle at you and whittle at you and whittle at you until we, the anti whatever, exercise our ideal for society. The progressive movement has been doing this now for hell, how many decades? Uh, like Teddy five Roosevelt, at this point. Yeah, six. Theodore Roosevelt, Pinchot, all those guys. We have national forests because of a progressive went in and said, nope, I value this, therefore I decree. Back before he chunked off massive chunks of real estate for national forests and national parks and everything else. That was manifest destiny. Move across the West. Settle the West. That would have been chunked up. It was some of this stuff was supposed to go to states. And there, this is all you get into the whole freaking Western states rights and, and federal public lands and all that. But this is why there's some heartburn still there. That was a progressive ideology that said, I decree, we value this. Therefore, we're going to make this blanket policy. Now, guess what? I think many of us in the United States have benefited from that. However, there's going to be some people, they don't value it. Not at they all. They don't see it. Yeah, Not they don't see all. it that way. So mm-hmm. it's like, again, you're you're arguing from your value set, but you're not, okay, We to, to my point, why, why do I have a doom and gloom? Why, why do I, not doom and gloom, but why am I so disgusted and why am I just so, I'm just, but, because we are, the progressive ideology evolves very rapidly. And they know how to infiltrate and freaking infect. 
and the our side is back there with 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 a a, a pants full of shit and two concrete shoes and we're just barely dragging behind we are not evolving we are not we are not embracing the psychology of people and learning how to communicate now there are some people out there on the landscape that do again the blood origins guys I don't agree with Robbie on a lot of, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that he and I will probably disagree with, but I like what they're doing. I, this is why I do like what the, what the meat eater guys are doing because they're at least getting out there and they're messaging to other people about that lifestyle and why it's valuable and why there's a connection in the earth and to the, to the, to the landscape. Again, I vehemently disagree with some of those guys on some policy issues and what they're, but at least they're out there doing it. The vast majority of sportsmen don't have a freaking clue in the world how to communicate their own value set to someone who isn't in their own echo, echo chamber. You can't even yeah. win me over on some of your arguments, and I am in your freaking silo. So this is the thing that just frustrates me over and over and over again. It's this regurgitation of the same lack of intellectual evolution, if you will, in the spot, in the public sphere, we're, we're going, we're going to lose again, but it, so here's, but here's, Chris, let, me finish, like, let me finish this. If, let, me finish this. Let, me finish this. let me finish this. Oh, this, sorry. This is the, here. Let me finish this. The thing is that that is frustrating is you're breaking I, up, I cut out there. I, yeah. yeah I, you cut out there. All right. So let me finish this one statement and then we'll continue. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'll let you go back and have it back. At, Cause here's the thing. Don't think for a second that I don't understand. This is tied to our fundamental structure on how we think and how we're hardwired. A lot of us are hardwired. What did I say before? There's two types of people in this world. Those that wish to be left alone and those that refuse to. Many hunters just wish, like you, you want to be left alone. Leave Absolutely. me the freaking hell alone. Let me do what I want to do. Let me, for, who the fuck gives you the right to come over here and tell me what I can, because they refuse to. You are going to get drug, the sportsman community and hunting in general, the mindset is going to be drugged down into the freaking mud. You can't, we can't just sit there and just be like, and just complain about it while we get trampled. Not only are we going to have to stand up, which there's some people that are saying, oh, I'm going to stand up. Okay, it's it's one thing to stand up. It's another thing to intelligent, intelligently crawl back out of the shithole and then engage cerebrally and actually change. Hey, hey buddy, you're arms. you're breaking up really, really bad. That's probably it's probably because of the video. Jim, I'll be right back. It's probably yeah, it could be. Dang it, I I really wanted to hear what you said. You 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 were just getting to that that, that like the essence of your point, and you cut out there. Can All you right, well, can you repeat that last part? I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, the point I don't want to. The point being is 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 what I I was getting at is there's the, the mindset of the two different people: those who wish to be left yes. alone, and those who refuse to. Those of us that wish to be left alone don't engage and we do, we don't wish to engage but more importantly we don't we don't take the time to actually understand what we believe why we believe it how we justify our belief within our own selves and then damn sure don't take the time to listen to the other side understand what their value is 
the core of their value, not the actions that they're asking for and all that, the core of their values, and then sit there and go, hmm, this is where we differ. This is where we're similar. How can I articulate myself to you? Do you understand me better? The vast majority of sportsmen don't do that. The vast majority of sportsmen, in my opinion, do not give a shit. As long as they can get to do whatever the hell they want to do, I don't. That's that's an issue for someone else. Yeah, I I I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that last statement you just made, like at all. And in fact, that's so kind that's, of the premise of of uh, of what I wanted to talk to you guys about because I I totally agree. Hey, side does note: Does that bring this conversation full circle back to that influencer sphere? Yeah, I think it kind of does. I, th- I uh, think it kind of did does. for me. It, there, it brings right. it right back to where we started it, where it's like. Oh, hunting is conservation, except for the fact that I need this photo to uh, grow my Instagram account. And so I'm going to shoot that turkey anyway. And I'm just I'm kind of talking from Chris's perspective there in terms of the turkey, because you guys, if you guys need turkeys, listen to this. Gosh, hit me up. Slide into my DMs. I know where the damn turkeys are Mm -hmm. like they're not in Kansas right now or or, 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 uh, Chris's part of Kansas. Uh, Hey, real quick, let me show you guys a little picture here. You guys ready for this? This is my buddy Troy. He's another local North Idaho guy. This is Troy Pottinger's public land over the over the look at this buck. Oh, look at that sucker. Geez. He's been he's been sending me pictures of this buck for like three years. That's and he just got it. He just got it today. That's Isn't awesome. that badass? Congrats. That's an that's a giant deer. Now the rest of the, the rest of your audience, you're gonna have to share that because the rest of the audience will be like, I want to see it. Oh no, no, the audience there, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Troy share that. They because that's 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 his glory. Uh, but, but definitely, um, uh, that he's, he's worked his butt off for that one. So it, it was really cool to your point to, which is, it, you're, you're absolutely right. But your, to your point, my frustration is the, I, I just don't see any evolution on the empathy and, um, respect, respect for values, not necessarily respect for tactics because tact that's different. I, I just yeah. don't see the sportsman community evolving. I I, 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 I I actually just had that conversation this morning with somebody else on their podcast, and and they asked me what the future holds for hunting, and and my answer is along the same lines as to what you're saying, Chris. Is I I believe that the future is bleak, and it's bleak because people have very selfish reasons, uh, not selfish reasons, but people are very self centered in in what they're goals and and what what they're looking to achieve out of hunting or get out of hunting um i i I think has really changed since the development of social media and i i think that that is when we're talking we talked earlier about like this tribalism factor and everybody has to kind of feel part of a group and that's really been amplified since the beginning of social media and i i think that is bad for i think it's bad for hunting i I do say amplified yes created it no it's always been there Oh, I mean, absolutely. I remember, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's always I remember been back in high school and, and back in the day, just watching some of my even help, just family members doing things that were wildly illegal simply because I don't give a shit. This is what I want to do. I, I, I want to have, I want to kill this big buck or, or I yeah. want to go out and do that. You know, it's always been there. And, and again, that's the thing is in your right. It's an individualist. So there's a second part of what you're talking about of why, um, I, some of the, Hunting is very individualistic. It, now we can, we can talk about, I like to hunt with my family or my kids or what, you know, whatever you, you can have your close knit group of friends. That you like to hunt, but 
but hunting is a very individualist type of uh, type of deal where when you talk about animal activism or or anti-hunting sentiments uh, you have a collectivist mindset there where you will grab other people easily into that because it just i guess again it doesn't matter i don't need to elaborate you're talking about competing value sets and if we don't have the ability to if we don't have a fundamental rock solid basis or understanding of why we hunt mm-hmm. and can tie it to some semblance of moral bedrock arguing for recreational hunting opportunities is going to fail i don't care if it's recreational hunting opp- look at colorado yeah. Look at the Colorado plan in the Colorado plan. And I, I, I skimmed it, but in the Colorado plan, does, is there anything in there that, that provides safeguards for elk hunters? I, I haven't even looked at it, so I can't tell you. Is there, any, I haven't even looked is at there it. anything in there that safeguards sportsmen? No. Is there anything that in, in there that helps safeguard livestock producers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a hell of a lot easier to argue the fact that you know, these wolves are going to negatively impact uh, another user group on the landscape. Mm-hmm. They are, th- that's, that's who they, that's their livelihood. That's who they are. That's, they are livestock producers. They're all family, their, their farm, everything about that community, their life, everything, that's who they are. And, and it's tied to the land and these wolves are going to come in and at, you know, negatively impact it. Why is there yeah. no, why is there no safeguard to elk hunters or mule deer hunters or uh, moose hunters? Because we are recreationally going out there and hunt. these are recreational hunting opportunities. When we so is is there is there anywhere is there anywhere where we can revive the um I guess uh, clout behind hunting in terms of is there anywhere to revive the term hunting is conservation and have credibility behind it. I don't know because the pro the, okay hunting is conservation hunting pay in my opinion hunting pays for conservation it does yeah some, and I think that that's where some, that's that's where it comes from some, yeah yeah some hunting pays for conservation we thank can, goodness I mean, for sports shooters <laughs> we, we could we could dive into no I mean, not even that the the average person I mean how much of an annual uh, state agency's budget goes to actually conservation. Versus, oh, very little. Much, yeah, very little. Exactly. What is it? What? Yeah. Where's the bulk of the money go to? Managing it goes, it, it, like managing this, the the people, the you know the the fishing game agencies need a whole new lineup of computers. You know what? What do you think happens? Where does that money come from? They it's need new man- vehicles. They need new. Yeah, it's yeah. managing recreational what take. It's it's managing outdoor recreation recreation with critters, and then there's another research portion. Then there's when it all comes down to it, how much money is actually hitting the ground for the conservation of species now? And this is where hunters lose their shit. And I was part of this discussion back in the day in Colorado too. When you look at how much sportsman dollars are going to sage grouse or uh, swift fox, black footed ferret, and prairie dogs, and people are like, "What the freaking hell are you spending your fucking blanking blanking money on?" Okay, it's supposed to be conservation, right? So mm-hmm. on some some hunting dollars 
goes to pay for conservation. But that's because that's what the model was set up as, because back in the day, we had a lot of people that wanted to hunt. We had no money to pay for the conservation. So we married the two. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why organizations like Wildlife for All and others have been go back to the teaming with wildlife model. Why there's so many people and so many state agencies, federal agencies, mostly state agencies, are eager to evolve the North American model of wildlife conservation into either a taxpayer base, uh, a user fee base, move away from just having hunters pay the bills. I mean, you look, go go to Wildlife for All page. I mean, I just saw somebody tag and 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 share their their chart on some of their, their stats, and I was like, I wonder if this person that that posted this, you know, you just you just posted this. Like, do you even know who this organization is? You just go and look up that their whole their whole focus is get rid of hunting dollars as the driver for wildlife conservation and and, and management. Why? Because then. We don't have to cater to hunters. You don't have to cater to hunters. We can have healthy populations of grizzly bears and wolves in Colorado and coyotes on the landscape and mountain lions and everywhere else because, hey, if they manage the to the greatest extent possible, if those predators manage the ungulate population, great. Then we don't have to worry about hunters going out there and and, 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 uh, engaging in their sick, twisted, you know, psychosis, this antiquated barbar you know barbarism of going out there and just shooting shit because they like it that's that's mm. what they believe and i think this is where it's going to end up going and to, unless sportsmen can make a freaking case where the value set that we have belongs on the landscape but even still okay. even still if we even can still make, yeah even even still if we can make that case on the landscape i think it's going to look wildly different than what we have we're so outnumbered. That's part, and I'm trying to. Uh, we need to. We need to probably wrap this episode up. I I, I hate going over the two hour mark, but um, y- you know, I, I know, <laughs> I know, but it, it it's just a, it's a thing, and and and, but the, I I, you get you're so insightful, Chris, and and I I do I do. I may be talking out of my ass, man. This is just these yeah, are things that go on. In join my the club. I, I talk out of my ass ninety percent of the time. I'm, I I'm, love it. I'm cool. I just watch I, what's I accept, going on. I accept it. <laughs> I watch what's going no. on, and I, I see the arguments of value sets, and yeah. I'm like, you're going nowhere. You're you're going nowhere. I, 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 that's, that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on because that's what I feel like is going on. I, I, you know, I, I say some dumb shit on my, probably every episode. Well, not probably. I do. I say dumb shit on every episode I record. And, but, but at the same time, I, I want, I want to make a positive impact for the future of hunting. And I feel like that we are as, as a collective, as a hunting collective, uh, of, of individuals, um, we we're spinning our wheels. We're going in circles. We're not making progress. We're we're in fact, I, I would argue that we are. It's the opposite of progress. We are we are digressing, and and we are we are going backwards in a sense of getting our message out there to the masses. And when I say the masses, what when when I I just did some recent research in terms of it, it is roughly five percent. In fact, it's less than five. It's just under five percent. 
5% of the American population uh, that are active hunting tag holders, right? And and that is going to be very similar to the active hostile vegan slash anti-hunting uh, folks that are that are activists in it. I'm not talking about just your, you know, what, what, same thing with when I'm talking about hunters versus anti-hunters. You always have your kind of milder seasonings in there. Uh, but, but we're, we're talking about the activists. And, and so th- there's, there's a very similar line. The difference is, is the anti-hunting folks are very, mu- they're, they're very much more unified and they're better funded and, and they have a better unified message. They're actually the activists. They're, they're, they're acting on their beliefs. Exactly. Where we they're don't. Activists. They're activists where we're hunters. All we want to do is focus on the next deer season or next elk season or next whatever. And, and, and that's how it's been for years. But the problem is, is we can't do that anymore. And that's where I agree. I've always been an advocate for this line that, oh, hunting is conservation. I've talked about that. And I, I, you know, I, I agree, you know, hunting is conservation. And here's why. Here's, here's my, uh, my facts I got off the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation website. Why hunting is conservation, you know, but the, when you, when you look deeper into it and, and you start looking, going down the trail of, of really putting data together to present this in a, in a, in a, like a tangible argument that people would listen to that is stripped of emotion. It, it, hunting in itself is not conservation. Hunting is, is a good wildlife management tool. If, if it's done correctly and appropriately, hunting could be conservation. If, if the funding was directed in the right places, there are things we could do to adjust it. But the problem is, is people don't want to. People don't want to lift a finger to help the future of hunting. And that's where I feel like we're, we're kind of um, spinning our wheels. In, uh, you know, I, 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 we're spinning our wheels where there's a lot of hunters that are asleep at the wheel. And they don't know what they don't know in terms of what the future looks like. And that's why I don't have a lot of but optimism, but that's not even a concern with most guys, dude. I know and that's, that's the problem. That, I, that's what right? I mean we, by asleep at the wheel. We, we totally take it for granted. Like I said, you know, we act like it's a right, you know, it, it's it, it really, in my opinion, it's a privilege, like getting a fucking driver's license. Right. Um, yeah, no, that that's, exa- that's exactly it. No, the North American model wildlife conservation that everybody bought onto was we will give up our rights to go do whatever the hell we want to with, with game populations. We will cede that over to the state to manage our take and which ended up being manage the privilege of being able to take because in some cases, in some cases, there is no re again, there is no reason from a conservation standpoint, there is no reason for take. It's just an opportunity. It's a recreational opportunity. So we sportsmen, and this is going to be a topic that I'm going to bring up on mine. We've, we've, we've abdicated our, I think a lot of people believe that they've abdicated their personal responsibility to the state therefore they don't have to they don't have to think about it at all but let's just let to to what you guys just put let's use this example why why do why do why why do i say hunting is not conservation hunting pays for conservation because i've been on the discussion of governor's tax and auction and raffle tax you look at how much money goes for let's okay guy for colorado you look at what is what pays for bighorn sheep research, 
transplants, like spread, building sheep populations across the state, making sure big orange sheep populations stay as healthy as they can in the face of domestic sheep and disease and everything else. What pays for moose back in the day? What pays for some of the elk habitat program uh, projects? It's the auction and raffle funds. Now, the raffle funds can be bought by anybody. So the average person can buy it. But is that the average elk hunter? No. When you go buy your elk tag, you aren't pitching into a damn dime into that pot of money. It's only if you, what? You can say you value conservation. You value getting that elk tag to let you hunt any any unit in the state at with any method to take once that that season is open. You want to shoot a big freaking bull. You want the opportunity to go kill a freaking big gargantuan gargantuan elk and you're willing to spend what? Extra money for that opportunity. But that extra money goes into a pot that actually is used for conservation. Now where does the big money come from? The auction tag Guess what happens there? One, two, three. How many? How many auction tags they have? Rich people. Yeah, yeah. Rich people spend a shit ton of money, like several hundred thousand dollars. Correct. Per tag. Yeah. You want to know what moves the needle on freaking conservation at that point? Is it the average hundred dollar? Nope. It's the person that dropped one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that just bankrolled two thirds. I don't know. Whatever. Wasn't there? There was one that went for like three hundred and eighty grand for a governor's Target, tag, probably sheep that, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's where con- you want to talk about hunting is conservation. That hunter is engaged in conservation. You you want to know what you know what want to know what else is conservation? Kuyu. When Kuyu as a company said, you know what, we're going to take some of our profits and we're going to turn around, we're going to do some sheep reintroductions. We're going to bankroll the entire sheep conservation effort in this chunk of real estate in Nevada or where, wherever it was. That's conservation. You want to know what else is conservation? National Wild Turkey Federation, where all of a sudden some rich guy, rich family, some trust says, we're going to donate $100,000 to you to, to go out and do this program across these five, you know, Eastern, whatever states. That's conservation. Yeah. This is, this is my, this is where, oh, and, and, and I get my, I got digress. So you've got that. You, I can literally show you the money. The state of Colorado and all these other Western states can show you the money that gets generated by these tags and where it gets put on the ground and how much benefit it does for everyone else. The wildlife, absolutely. But I'm talking about all the other hunters. And what do we have? We have hunters that will rail against those programs and try to shut mm-hmm. down governor and auction tag licenses because why? It's not fair that some rich guy gets to buy his way in. Shut the freaking hell up. That rich guy just bankrolled the those past five rich guys that bought those sheep licenses are why there's now two more sheep units in Colorado. And you just increased your likelihood of buying, of being able to draw a sheep tag in the state. But we can't even get out of our own way. Some of us can't even get out of our own way. Well, boom. 
right there. Yeah. That line, that line is is kind of the what what I was looking for because I, I think that that is exactly what is happening. We can't get out of our own way. Now, can and we, I don't care if it's something simple like we're arguing over whether you're a bow hunter or a rifle hunter. I don't I don't care if it's something super complicated over some rich guy buying a goat tag and 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 creating new hunting units for for goats in the future. That that is what what is happening is this this infighting and this 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 uh guy you talked about earlier how you, you know you feel like social media is just kind of this echo chamber where, i'm not saying just uh, social media i'm saying our fucking demographic dude oh yeah I, and I, <laughs> I i don't disagree with that I, I i would agree with that to an extent but i also feel like where where it becomes not an echo chamber is where it turns into like this co- competition who is the baddest motherfucker to go out and and uh, get the best picture of themselves packing a, a, an elk off the mountain, and it, it turns into this where it's not even hunting related in a sense. It's just uh, we're we're we are the best at social media. Yeah, you know where did this come from? Kill, it's killing, a competition. Yeah, who's killing, the best? Killing yeah. an animal is no longer about. Let's just even say it's it's not even about management at this point. This is this, mm-hmm. I, I, the, to this year. I and I'm not even gonna. I don't need to name names because everybody can see it, and I don't even follow that many people, and I can see it. It's getting to the point where killing is not about game management. It's not even yeah. about putting meat in the freezer because some of these people are going and hunting and killing. Like I said, like I said, I've got. I don't need. I've got a freezer full of whitetail still. Like I, yeah. I don't need to go kill something. And, and uh, granted, there's other people like, oh no, 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 I donate all the meat. Okay, you donate all that meat, but you don't have to go kill. You're yeah. you're you're killing in excess of what you need. So killing at this point is no longer about conservation, is it? It's no. about something more. And is it is it's it feeling, is it a, it's, is a, it it's, a, it's a hunt? You know, it's it, it's, it's not. It's status it, anymore. It's, it's status. It's status. Yeah. It's like it's money. It's it it's prestige. And I'm watching some of these people that are very accomplished hunters that have a platform that have notoriety. They have a reputation. You don't need to, but yet here we are. They go out and they kill a little four by four. Like, Oh, it was a, it was a brutal hunt, but yeah, I was able to get it done. Dude. I know that you killed three elk last year. You can't be out of meat. Like, you know, like you don't, and I'm not judging the value. If I guess I am. The problem is, is I'm, I'm looking at some of these people. I'm like, you're just out there to kill. And, and I'm, I saw it here around my house. You, you came out here to kill. So you had a picture. Yeah. On social I think media. That's, that's kind of, that was it. Uh, that's exactly kind of what I started this conversation with is, is see, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a great example. Sometimes I'm, I suck at social media, man. I, I mean, I, I killed a deer when, when late archery opened again in December here, I killed a nice little buck. I haven't even posted it. Cause I don't know how to take that kind of picture and put it and make it all pretty. Like some of these guys do. I, and I'm not saying that to, um, you know, add, add, edit anything to me in terms of credibility as to the discussion that we're talking about. Because if I killed a monster, I guarantee you that son of a bitch would have been posted. Right. But uh, I, I didn't. I killed a decent buck. But I'm you, an Jim, average hunter, but, and it's a decent buck for me. And but, and, that, and but that's I don't care to post it. It's just not my thing. Right. But, the, but to you, the 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 purity and passion for what we do is a lifestyle. Right? It is. This and is that's and that's where the line is drawn. This is that's where the line is drawn. 
my family, the way we're set up, I, I think that people misconstrue having having a podcast in uh, you know, having sponsors on your podcast and, 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 and some of this thing gives us perception that, you know, we have all this unlimited resources and I can go buy a, a half a beef or something. Yeah. You know, we, and, and I'm also not on the other side of that where I'm, I'm, um, playing some sad fiddle string where, where, uh, we're, we're poverty stricken. We're, we're not, we're not poverty stricken nor, do I have more uh, resources than I know what to do with? We're in, in between. The difference is, 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 uh, the meat is important to us. It, it is right. what I had a guest on my show one time, Michael Bozarth. He said, uh, my trophy room is my freezer. And I relate to that greatly. I, do I want to kill the biggest animal I can? Absolutely. Sure. But I don't want to kill that big animal just to post it on fucking Instagram. Cause I don't even know how to d- hardly do that. Yeah. But think, and okay. So, so think about all the people that the real trophy. Right. And it's another fucking hashtag. Okay. So I want to see this year, folks, I want to see hashtag Starling Slayer since Chris bought him up. (laughs) That's that's that. Boys. Yeah. So if we want to, if we want to talk conservation, I want you to know what a European Starling is and how they affect the landscape and how devastating they are to the landscape. Eurasian doves, right? Kind of the same deal there. But the starling is a motherfucker, right? If you if you ask, dude, ask the next 20 people on your podcast what a starling is, they're no one's gonna fucking know. Why is it important? Why is it open season on starling? No yeah. one's gonna know. Why is it important that we go kill fucking starling? If I'm out and I'm turkey hunting, dude, I I'll carry shot there. And if I see Starling, I'm shooting a fucking Starling. Okay. There's so let me ask you guys, let, let me ask, start, you, let me something. ask you guys this. <laughs> if between the three shows that we do, we've got, we've got row hunting resources podcast. We've you, got you do the Western contours. Yeah. You, we, we, and then we've got the Western huntsman here. And, and between our three shows, if we can make an impact a positive change to the starling population by talking about it <laughs> is hunting conservation no at that point. Can you, I'll, yeah. I'm gonna hold up a fucking. I'm gonna hold. I mean, up a I'll European give. I'll, I'll commit to giving. I'll, I'll commit I am to going. People t-shirts. are gonna be like, "Why the fuck did you kill that pretty black bird?" <laughs> no one's gonna fucking know, dude. No All right. one's gonna know. All right. <laughs> we gotta wrap. We gotta wrap this up, guys. This was a lot of fun. This is this is exactly kind of why I wanted uh, to get you guys on the show. I know. Um, whenever I have you guys on the show, my blood pressure always gets increased and that's a good thing for, for what we're talking about. I don't say that in a bad way. Uh, I, 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 it makes me think deeper about my own beliefs. You guys challenge me, uh, and, and you guys, you guys make me feel like we have a lot of work to do and I'm, I'm really glad we did this. So, uh, I appreciate you coming on, um, for, for anybody living in the dark, let's start with you guy. Where, where can people find you? I've I've been really bad, as Jim stated. Uh, not as bad as Chris, but pretty bad with releasing <laughs> podcasts. I have recorded in the last couple of weeks, so I do have some eps coming up that I'll uh, I'll be editing and dropping in. Uh, but Western Contours um, on just about every freaking uh, podcast platform: uh, Carbon TV, Waypoint, iTunes, Apple Podcast, um, Western Contours on Instagram. Uh, westerncontours.com which you know is as bad as my podcasting lately <laughs> in terms of attention uh and then guy underscore western contours 
Um, and I've been horrible lately. Don't don't I've forget been, about Western fly covers, man. Well, yeah, you, I didn't even get there yet. Uh, oh, okay. And then, yeah, Western fly covers. Uh, you know, we make uh, rain flies, pack flies, uh, bino harness flies. I got some rifle scopes uh, and some ponchos coming here pretty quick. So check that out if you're running those late seasons, even in uh, September. You know, your critical gear gets wet and you're in the backcountry, you're screwed. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me or arguing with Jim and, you know, watching Chris. And, yeah, that's where I'm at. And elk pros, so. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, we're not arguing. We're not arguing. We're, we're, uh, having conversations. You and I argue about the, uh, Birkenstocks and your, uh, and your vegan in-laws. So, yes. Well, we I hope, so. I hope you, uh, I, I hope you <laughs> listen to my, I, I had, a, I did a, re- a recent episode with Johnny Mack and we talked about you, dude, regarding your Birkenstocks. So you, oh, geez. And jo- Johnny has no room to say. No, shit. he doesn't, man. He was bare. He was wearing Birkenstocks. I was going to say, I guarantee you that that he son of a bitch has actual Birkenstocks. And he shot a bear in Birkenstocks. So, Chris, how about you, brother? Where, where do people find you? Uh, everywhere is the same. Just row hunting resources, ROE hunting resources. And listen, I'm in, I don't know if I made any sense. And, and the reason why I haven't been talking about anything, well, hey, I mean, as soon as I got done with elk season, it's just been a mad scramble doing all of our whitetail stuff. Yeah, all your whitetail stuff. Just trying to get, I mean, it's just been a tough fall for a variety of reasons. And just, I had to get my head wrapped around and just get, just get that portion done. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have some of these, there, there's a lot of ideas that I have and a lot of things that I've observed and a lot of things that just kind of have been grinding on me lately that I don't have all the information fleshed out. And over these yeah. next several weeks and months, maybe we can, but I don't know. It's at least something to consider. I'm sure I pissed a bunch of people off and I hope so because then fire back, like, like seriously, fire back and say, no, you're wrong here, 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 there, and there and piss off and fuck you or whatever, whatever you want to say. That's fine. Just give me a, like, I don't want to like articulate it, man. Like make an argument, like let yeah. give me something to chew on and consider because maybe I'm full of shit. I don't know. But anyway, that just, Seriously, row hunting resources, whether it's, in, I'm really not on Facebook anymore. I, just, I mean, I know my stuff gets posted over there through between Instagram. I'm, a, I'm on Instagram, period. So reach yeah. out to me there. Um, the YouTube channel, the website, it's all row hunting resources, brother. Okay. Row hunting resources. Oh, go Jim, ahead. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Chris, Chris is admittedly the worst businessman in the fucking world. Okay. <laughs> row hunting resources.com. Whitetail modules, turkey modules, elk modules, um, some of the best, if not the best information around from someone that's well-versed in all three um, areas, go to Row Hunting Resources, sign up, and get that knowledge, and I would say get all three of them. Um, if you're an elk hunter, it's there's some crossover shit between the elk, turkey, and whitetail in terms of oh, what Chris is doing for management. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let this guy just blow it off as rowhuntingresources.com. Go check it out. Get signed up. Well, I Sorry, get your Jimbo. modules. It is no, I I'm glad you did that, guy, because uh, I I do I don't know if you're humble or if you're shy about promoting. He sucks. Uh, the row hunting, <laughs> yeah, the, the row hunting resources, man. Like, come on, I, it's, hey, so good shit. What you don't, oh golly! So what you don't understand is that's part of what's what. There's going to be some. I mean, by by default, there's going to be some massive changes on my end coming into 2023. Some of that's going to be reflected in what I do um, on the website and social media. 
some of it's going to be different, different stuff that I do <clears throat> um, business wise, but I have had this past several months, just, I have been just like, I've had good close friends just absolutely eviscerate me on just how bad I mean, like, I, and I know I, I'm, I suck at promoting myself and I, and I, I just do like, I just do. I know it. I hate it. Um, but I do. And I preach. So guy, I appreciate both of you. I appreciate all the sport over the years. And I appreciate you getting people to wear it, but I just, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy I, I would rather focus my time dealing with critters and being on the ground, doing that type of stuff and letting, you know, letting my, I guess, letting my, products speak for themselves but yes i people aren't going to know what the product is if, yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> people won't know there people it won't is. know man no there but you know. I, I have to i have to make some changes for 2023 there's just no two ways about it um i know that i've been lax on the on some of my stuff in the past i've i've really gone all in these past 8 almost 9 years now out here on on habitat stuff um and that there's some stuff in the works on. So when you shut, when you brought the, the whitetail module, um, that very well may change. Um, I'm going to probably kick more off the, the uh, a different direction on some of my whitetail stuff and, and start really blowing, really putting a lot more on YouTube. Um, and just talking yeah. from an actual habitat standpoint, uh, out here. I, I would eat that here. up. I would eat hey. that up. Like, like if I was rich, Chris, I would hire you to come out to my property and help me make it like a whitetail haven. I want to make the best habitat I can on a twenty-six acre plot. Like, do you I, have whitetails on your property? Oh man, do I have white? Look at that! I'm going to show you this buck that keeps. Oh, no, dude, this didn't, guy. Didn't, let's yeah, let's why talk have we about talked it already. Why have we talked already? We could do that. I, well, we I I think I threatened to talk about it at one point with you, and then I ended up uh, we ended up talking about elk. But uh, look at this sucker that's been giving me the slip, man. Look, look how big. Dude, Idaho, man. I, that's the thing. That I'm just telling you. My mind. Idaho has some absolute freaking just tanks. Didn't, didn't, well, we, uh, this is not, these are not these big, great, big, you know, 180, 190 inch Midwestern bucks. Uh, but, but we have some big body deer. Right. And, and it, it, like, it's just, I think they just need a sanctuary on my property. Uh, where I can get within range and with my bow and arrow because I'm a selfish <laughs> fucking prick and I want the I want the goddamn. Well, it's not about. So in other words, it's not about conservation, Jim. It's, it's not about, about conservation. It's about my. You just want to kill it. It's about my picture <laughs> on Instagram. There you go. And and I'm gonna shoot it and get a picture and post it, <laughs> and then I'll tag row hunting resources and Western Contours. Absolutely, it's gonna be great. Yeah, Absolutely. I'll get I'll get shit tons of followers. It'll be yeah, great. I mean, oh. there you go. There you go, man. No. No, I am serious. I, I would like to. I would like to pick your brain about that. It's. I, I've got some ideas for next year to kind of make this a little bit better to keep them. My my goal actually, I've I've got a complicated thing. I want to keep them off the highway because there's a few of them are getting hit down there. Oh yeah. Uh, and and if I can kind of funnel them on one side, it'll keep them from getting hit before they they you know they they kind of winter down here. And that's I want to help their uh, migration pattern somehow. But anyway, beside the point, guys. Um, I, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and doing this. Um, we've, we've all kind of been coming on, um, and, and talking on our, on our various shows for a long time together. And I want, I want to keep that up for sure. Chris, I do need to kind of nail you down for a school of September. I did a poll 
I did a poll and you need Saw to come that. back on for school September. Okay. That. Um, yeah. guy, uh, I just, I, I've, I've always enjoyed having you on the show, man. You're, thanks, you're one of my favorite guests, man. So let's, uh, let's just keep doing it. And thanks again for coming on the show. And, um, well, I mean, you're the one recording. I say when this is over. <laughs> you say, you, you, you can go a, to bed if you want. I, I, I just, just keep, I'll just keep this thing yeah. going. <laughs> I love you should it. Do a, you should man. do a row hunting resources, uh, Western Huntsman 10% off Christmas code and get the uh, feller. The feller in your life, uh, uh, elk, whitetail, or turkey module is my opinion. Because I'm talking it up and Chris is going, well, I'm changing shit for 2023. Don't wait till 2020 fucking three, folks. Don't listen to this man. I'm <laughs> saying it again. He's fucking horrible. But his modules are fucking amazing. Well, What's the promo code for Western Fly Cover, so that I can give? Um, Just go Western Huntsman and I'll uh, I'll Yeah, I want to I, I check some of that stuff. Is, it, do you have... It, stuff on your website i i just yes sir awesome i'll check it out yeah because that, that that'd be legit yeah that western fly cover really is man like i've used that i've made an, a, a a makeshift caveman style umbrella out of it to sit and get out of the rain i have used it to set elk quarters on before i can get them in a bag uh i have used it to cover my pack while it's raining what it was designed for i, I mean this thing is it's it's awesome i don't mean did to you see it up too much, but, did you see yeah. what charlie did charlie smith Yes, I saw, saw that. that one. Oh, That's yeah. his boy sleeping under it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've done something similar, man. I took, I took two, uh, I took two limbs off this dead pine tree and and made an X inside of it and literally made like this umbrella that I set up between two branches that were still up on the tree, uh-huh. and and I used zip ties to hold it there while I sat there, and and just watched a trail, uh, because it was raining and it kept me dry. Do you, I mean, does it? Do you know if it does anything to stop blowing dust? You know, that, that Ooh. is one of the things that folks have told me on the, uh, on their side by sides and whatnot, right? They're like, Oh man, my oh. pack and stuff doesn't have all this crap That's on it, you, you know, and they're covering it on their side by side. So I was like, and I love seeing it, right? It's a pack cover. Um, and, yeah. and so I see yeah. all this, you know, people use it to change their socks or put their boots on and it's pretty bitching. I love all that crossover use from it, cool. but their money out in the field, man cool money yeah it's it's awesome it's a it's a great product both you guys both both products between the row hunting resources stuff is is uh obviously world class um if you don't know how to properly use a chris row assembly mu uh you you're not doing it right uh i i've i've uh proven that thing over and over again uh and and also that that western fly cover again i i don't mean to keep running this long guys um thanks again for jumping on we're gonna do this again we're gonna solve more problems and piss off more people and make other people more happy in the future thank you thank you brother i'll ship i'll shoot you that uh that discount code for that free ship sweet all right man talk to you soon thanks boys You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the